1: Hello, friends. You're now listening to the lifestyle, leisure, and sports show you never knew. Two of those things. I think we can
2: all acknowledge that if this fails, you two will be fired and I will remain. <laughs> so, no pressure. Bo
1: Bishop, a regional media icon. Winner of uh, Emmys. Purveyor of the good life. Sir, you don't know that for a fact. I and just I'm said it, it on you. the radio. Ooh. Also, two guys this company named Employee of the Month.
2: What are you talking about? Paul Hogan is Hulk Hogan's brother. Uh-huh. Look sure it is. up. Because it's Hulk sure Hogan. That's his real name. One guy is from Australia. The other one is from Tampa. I and mean, he's from Hollywood, brother <laughs> not brothers chops
1: yes they are this is bishop and friends
2: all right let's do it live on a first friday miracle edition of the program Bo and the boys with you for the next three dan hope 11 warriors going to join us at 10 on the cavalcade of stars that were unveiled yesterday on the ohio state football facility so we'll get a little perspective on that 40 on the first half for the union blue coming up at 1133 It is a hey guys first Friday edition of the program. Get those questions into the fellas at 971 BFS and we will answer those in the eleven o'clock hour. Um oh man. You've seen this, it's just you've, you've we've seen this movie now over and over uh again. And um I um I think I think I've said um I, I've I've said before and and I'll say it again and I, I know some people get bristled by it. I don't really care. Um Coach Holtman is, Coach Chris Holtman is probably my favorite human being that is coached at Ohio State that I've covered and gotten to know and talk about. He is uh, a genuine, kind, good dude. And, um, and when you see someone who, and there's stuff that he does behind the scenes that you wouldn't have a clue about. You'd have, you'd have no clue about the stuff that he does that doesn't get attention, that doesn't look out for. And, um, you, you'd never know it, uh, because he doesn't parade it around. He's, he's, it's not something front and center, but it is a results oriented business and the results are failing and it's it's not just the wins and the losses it's the way it's the listlessness that they are playing with on a night in night out basis and I don't know if you can pinpoint exactly where this season, uh, became broken, but it's there now. Uh, it's, it's your three and seven in Big Ten play. Um, there, they announced 10,000 at the shot last night. I think we all know that that's ambitious at best. Um, and it's, it feels like it is a train that cannot get back on the tracks and it feels very similar and, and, You know, Chris talked about this last night in his post game. Like, I don't want this team to feel the burden of, of what happened last year. And I understand that you wouldn't want that, of course, but it feels like the same book that we read a year ago. And there's a bunch of things that. Probably factor into how you get to here. Do you hit on enough in on the recruiting trail? It doesn't seem that they have. Um, it, it feels like the kids that they have recruited, it takes them too long to get going, it takes them longer than maybe it takes at other programs. It's a weird time in the sport though, too. You have, um, kind of this mix of, of, of teams that. That continually and perpetually are young, and then you have these teams that continually and perpetually are old. The ones that do it best, the elite of the sport, the Carolinas, the Kansas—they um, they have a mix, right? They've got a, they got Hunter Dickinson at Kansas on a on a three-year transfer it plays a couple years at michigan then gets a bunch of money to go play at kansas and and then they they sprinkle in a couple of freshmen here or there that are five stars and then that's the preeminent teams do that kentucky and and duke they they are they are programs of give us all of the best freshmen every year and we're going to build immediate contenders out of these freshmen um north carolina with baycott he's still there he's still he i was watching them last night they lost at the buzzer to, to georgia tech and uh, Baycott's still there. I mean, Armando Baycott, he's, they were in the national championship game two years ago and, and he's still there because there's not much from an N- NBA future. And so he's crushed it on NIL and he's, he's made it happen. But just think about the, the programs I just mentioned. Those are the truest, bluest of bloods in the sport. Um, th- that's not what this program is, but it also shouldn't be what it has become. And this isn't, Something that's just happened overnight. It is a it's a long decline. It it actually started under Thad. There was there was a bright spot early on with with uh, Coach Holtman that first year where they where they had a little bit of retention and uh, certainly the EJ Liddell and and those classes were fun and and led to some really fun runs. But the Buckeye fo- the Buckeye basketball program has not had a Sweet Sixteen team since the two thousand twelve two thousand thirteen season. So that's 11 seasons without a team that's reached the second round of the tournament. That year they did make the Elite Eight, uh, in 2012, 2013. That was the Deshaun Thomas, uh, his junior year where he was an All-American. They got all the way to the Elite Eight and you actually felt they are going to make the Final Four. You know, they haven't had, um, in the last decade, they have only had one, the program has only had one season of less than 10 losses in the last decade. So this isn't, uh, th- this now is, 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 Trending in a way where the back to back nature of what happened last year and what happened this year, it's just an overwhelming miss. But this is where this has been headed for a while. And, and it's one of those things where that, how do you get here? There's a, there's a million different things. I think one thing that they probably, if you hooked them up to a lie detector test and they, you know, you're not going to say it publicly because you love everybody that you recruit. You love everybody you get in a portal. They have not gotten enough out of the portal. They haven't. They haven't gotten dudes. They haven't gotten guys who can lift everything around them. Um, Coach Holtman has a very notoriously tight rotation. Uh, doesn't play a lot of guys, and so maybe younger kids don't develop. There's there's about a billion different things that you can point to to say how you got here. But the reality is, is this is where you are, and this is now. Oh, three straight where the script is the same. You're, you're kind of in it for 15 minutes and then it starts to pull away at half and then it's a whitewashing and you have no chance in the second half. And we can talk about fight, all those things. You give up 87 to Illinois. That, that team, that Buckeye team is not capable of scoring 89. They're not. So just, it was never going to work. And it's, it's, we've just seen this now over and over and over again. I, I pointed yesterday to the Penn State game early. Like there was something that happened there where, you know, when when you think about people ages eighteen to twenty two, it's a it's it can be fragile and and up eighteen to lose at Penn State, like doubt started to creep in and they've never been able to extinguish it and there's no end in sight. I mean, they play Iowa Friday, and that's not a not a to go well. a good
3: Scoring team and that's not going to yeah. go well.
2: Then Indiana here on Tuesday, not We're, great.
3: Words you don't want associated with your basketball team. Uninspired, not bought in, listless. And that's how it feels night in and night out watching this team. There is not, you know, they they had that game against Penn State. They came out hot. They went up 15 nothing, And then everybody just got to cruise to the victory, including Penn State. They never really made a push. It got down to nine points at one point. But that is their only bright spot, really, of an entire month of January, which is yeah. now over after today. And then they'll, they'll start February on Friday against Iowa. You talk about the recruiting Misses or not getting the right guys or anything, and the worst part about it is, and this I'm not using on the excuse side, but it has happened, is that when they have hit, those guys hit too hard, and then they were gone after a year, and there was no Sense backup ball. plan Sense for it. Brannum, yeah, yeah, and so then there was no backup plan for it, and this is where you find this team. No, they, the biggest problem when watching them is like, you know when it happens. You know when it flips because they came out and you're like, okay, this is nice. They're, they're competing with Illinois, who is a, was a top 10 team last week, number 14 this week, but a good program, definitely a tournament team. And they're competing here in the first half. And I remember. Because I, this is the one, and you could pick a, a few different points where it changed, but I, I wrote this one down because I had talked about this earlier in the week about how they do not close out the first half right, and then the game's over. The second half is just exhibitions right now for Ohio State. In this game last night, they were down just 33-32 to with 4.06 left in the first. Yep. Then they were down 41-34 at half, outscored 8-2 to in the last four minutes of the first half, Gets to 12 in the second half, and it never goes back down to single digits. Boom, Illinois wins. Easy day
2: for them. These, feels, like, feels like Northwestern, right?
3: Yeah, these second halves just don't mean anything
2: because they give it all up at the end of, end of, end of first the, half, end of the first half. Yeah, it's, it's a good point. It, this hap- That's what I mean. like, It's the same script. In it, in it, in it, in it. Last couple of minutes can't close out a half. Somebody hits a big three. You go from down four to down seven, down seven to down ten. Done. Game over.
3: No, and they don't have the players to, to make that no. difference. We thought maybe they did, but turns out that was just the out of conference smoke and mirrors that we got. Cause we're going to talk to Adam Jardy uh, today. And one of the days in the first week of January when before all this started, you know, it's been three, two, three game losing streaks for them. I was like, man, are we going to be able to count on 30 points a night, but you know, in some sort of average right. between Roddy Gale and Bruce Thornton? Nope, not the case. Gale at least had 20 last night. Bruce Thornton in some foul trouble in the first half. He only ends up with seven, so that's 27. And there's just not enough guys as the rotation keeps shrinking because he, I don't think Altman knows who he can trust out there, hasn't figured out what lineups work. And th- this is where we're at. You mentioned the the building not being filled up. It just kind of embarrassing at this point because Buckeye basketball should be a perennial tournament team, make a good amount of sweet 16s and maybe even make like a final four run every eight years or so. And they are nowhere
4: near that right now. Doesn't feel like Holtman can trust anybody. Like anybody. unlike like stuff. The Zed key Felix Akpara thing at this point, I think if the plan had been going the way it was in, imagined a lot better than this, but everybody out there outside of la- at least last night, you know, Jordan battle or Jamison battle, excuse me. And Roddy Gale was just, they were kind of liabilities. You know, if it was offensively, or if it was defensively, and uh, for a coach who's trying to win basketball games, especially when you have young guys, it's like, how long is that leash? When you've got yeah. new guys to the program, younger yeah. guys into the the uh, the activity of college basketball, and they're just liabilities out there, either offensively or defensively, when does it become time to, all right, you're just on the bench.
2: Well, you, you you think about, you know, everyone you gotta play freshmen, right? You gotta you gotta recruit kids and you gotta play a couple of them, and they gotta play minutes, they've they got to play stuff that matter. Royal played seven last night. He actually gave them something. He was three of four, seven points um in the seven minutes. Middleton played twenty, he shot one shot. He had one rebound, one assist, he played twenty minutes. It's a four star recruit. Yeah, you gotta get more out of a minutes. guy
3: like that by the time January like rolls in, around. There's a stretch early late December. in the game
2: where he actually had like a wide open look and he kicked it. To Bruce for a three, who right now is just in an incredible shooting slump. Thornton and Gale both are, and it was like he doesn't have the confidence to just go finish. No, and we were they talking. Would have made a difference. They weren't going to beat Illinois anyway.
3: But. Talking about the scoring, you mentioned this team's not scoring eighty nine. I, I looked into it. Yeah, they only in eight games in January they only scored seventy plus three times. It went against Rutgers. They had yeah. uh, seventy six. A win against Penn State, they had seventy nine. And last night against Illinois, they have seventy five. You got to eclipse seventy in most college basketball games nowadays.
2: Yeah, they're, right now they don't have a style for a fight. They're reacting to what everybody else is. I don't think they even. It doesn't feel like to me like if you're trying to. All right, this is who we are as a basketball team. I don't know what the answer to that is for them. What is the game plan to a path
3: to a victory? Yeah, I
2: don't. I don't know. Like, all right, we're going to get them to play this way. I don't know what that is because they're not great on the defensive end, right? And so if you're not great on the defensive end, it usually doesn't transition to the offensive end because you don't even have enough scores. So it's, it's a tough spot. And as I alluded to, it's going to get tougher. I mean, that's brutal at Iowa on Friday. I mean, that's, that's, that's not a recipe for any sort of success. Um, you'll hear from Coach Holtman a little bit later on in the program coming up next. The NCAA starting to flex its muscle on NIL or are they? We will get to that coming up next often running on a first Friday, Bishop and friends right here on the fan.
1: Wake up with the van, eat lunch with the van, go to bed with the van, dream about the van, then change your sheets.
5: Gross. Ew, you guys are gross, but stick around in case I don't find anyone else. Without the
6: ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, click or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
1: Distilled sports discussion, served in light beer quantities. You're listening to Bishop and Friends. Hey guys, it's Chops, and let me see if you can guess what
3: these potential side effects are from. Stick with me, some big words here. Pancreatitis, urgent bowel movements, depression, suicidal thoughts, kidney stones, birth defects, hypoglycemia, anxiety, and insomnia. There we go, I got through it. If you guessed weight loss injections, you, sir, would be correct. All those risks when 80% of patients gain their weight back within a year of stopping the medications? Now, how about these side effects? Fat loss, happiness, increased mobility, confidence, restful sleep, and increased energy? Those are the effects awaken 180 clients experience when losing their weight fast and for good thanks to free support for life and I'm not just a client of Globo Gym America or I'm not just the owner of Global Gym America I am also a client ah, I messed it up but there you go I'm confident that you, if I recommend this to you and you go with awaken 180 that it'll be the solution for weight loss for you Two, give Awaken 180 a call at 844-346-1800 or schedule your consultation at Awaken180WeightLoss.com. Bishop and Friends, were sponsored by Awaken 180. Fast, sustainable weight loss without medications. The solution for weight loss,
2: Awaken 180 Weight Loss. I think the most fun Ben Stiller had ever had acting was his... his when he quick, was White quick, Goodman? White Goodman. It's, what do you think? It seemed yeah. like it was just pure joy. He just got to do. It was just like nonsense. It was.
3: I think he enjoyed being Tony Perkis in heavyweights all the way back in the '90s, yeah. and he's like, "How do I turn that up to 11?"
4: That's. I think it was like the evolution of the that character, mm-hmm. sort That's of where he he true. had the idea in heavyweights, and he said, "How can I? How can I increase this? How can I make it more ridiculous?" And then he had it in dodgeball.
2: So he also, I think the other thing that's really, he definitely, a huge one. And I think the other thing that's amazing, and I don't know that they're still married, but he, Christine Taylor is the lead in that. Yes. That's his wife at the time. Oh, we should mate. Can you imagine, (laughs) imagine like acting with your wife? Are they still? I know they separated for a little bit. Good job out of them. Um, But he, um, can you imagine like acting with your wife or significant other and then, and you're going that to that level and she's got to sit there and try and play straight? Yeah, she's like the
3: straight person she's through straight. that that whole yeah. movie, except for like she really loves unicorns, but they don't do much with that. No. They just throw that in there yeah. real quick. But you're right, she has to sit there and all the those conversations in the office, and I bet that there was a fair amount of hey, we'll just keep the camera rolling, just throw yes. out some some things, yeah. and we'll pick the best cuts when we go through it. So yeah, deleted scenes of White Goodman in his office, I would gladly watch.
2: Yeah, there that was those R rated comedies. That was like the apex. They haven't, they, do they do those anymore?
3: Well, that one is PG-13, but no, not oh, a boy. Ton is of, it really? It is. I saw it when i was 12 i snuck in holy I went with,
2: cow that is right on the edge i was like a sixth
3: grader my neighbor was an eighth grader and i went along with him and and Remember yeah the
2: car wash scene
3: i mean that <laughs> alone feels like it's it's definitely on the edge but it is it is pg-13 uh, but down. yeah the r-rated comedy and r-rated movies in general don't really don't get that don't. much that many wide releases anymore
2: no, um, this is pretty amazing. So the NCAA is investigating Tennessee on NIL claims. Um, this is after they've jo- they've already started investigations on Florida and Florida State on NIL claims. Uh, I think the simplest question is who exactly is investigating. Remember, the NCAA lost much of their investigative arm um, with the COVID when they made all the cuts at the NCAA. So I I always say on the program like there's this perception that there's an army of Pinkertons who swarm a campus to investigate, but that's never been how it worked anyway. It's always been journalists breaking stories of wrongdoings. And then the NCAA responds to that journalism and they allow all of us that are not us. We're doing sports talk radio, but, but the people who cover the teams and, and do that, they, they rely on them to break the stories and investigate them. And then they question the people. But of course, one of the thing about this, remember the NCAA does not have subpoena power. So you don't have to talk to them if you don't want to. So they don't have subpoena power. They have a very weakened investigative arm. And what's the other factor that's changed here? There really isn't a army of print journalists looking for wrongdoing anymore. Like that's kind of gone away too. All of that is kind of there. It's kind of this message board world you live in now and, and you see like sources reported, but you, you aren't seeing like that hard hitting stuff the the investigations you used to see. So the the Tennessee investigation centers around uh Reese, give me the pronunciation. Is it I'm Alova? i, mean, I Alova. Am, you got it chops? I am Alieva. That's I what we're I going am, with, right? That'll work. Uh, I am alieva okay nico I, I am alieva this is the famed eight million dollar man this is he's like six seven or something He played like it in what the cheese it
4: citrus orangey bowl it was very you good play? in the bowl game yeah i right,
3: uh, no, that was was that <laughs> iowa did i already block that out of my head yeah yeah that was the iowa game i
4: forget what the bowl was called because i know it was just very orange the sponsor yeah. it was a citrus bowl okay yeah but it, it was cheese it okay. citrus okay. well but there is there was a cheese it bowl that's why it's confusing boy he played like eight million dollars Great.
2: Fantastic. Good for him. Uh, the investigation puts the volunteers in the crosshairs for potential sanctions as repeat violators. Tennessee is fresh off an NCAA ruling in the su- in last summer, which it was charged with 18 level one violations, find a record 8 million bucks. The scope and breadth of the current allegations, according to the sources, include the potential for enforcement uh, staff to charge multiple Level 1 and Level 2 violations. The the case revolves around the activity related to Spire Sports Group, which is Tennessee's primary NIL collective. Now, this is the part that I think is really fun. So this is the chancellor of Tennessee, uh, a guy named Dondi Plowman. I mean, that's a hell of a name. I mean, that's unbelievable. That's Plowman, Plowman. It's D-O-N-D-E, Plowman. I, that's unbelievable. Dondi Plowman. What a name. Fantastic. So his quote's unbelievable. This is perfect. He's And this is fighting back, right? Quote. It is Actually, intellectual- it's a woman, by the way. Too. A woman. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, she's fighting back. It is... It is intellectually dishonest for NCAA staff to issue guidelines that say a third-party collective business may meet with prospective student-athletes, discuss NIL, even enter into a contract for prospective student-athletes, but at the same time say that the collective may not engage in conversations that would be of a recruiting nature. Any discussion about NIL might factor into a prospective student-athlete's decision to attend an institution. This creates an inherently unworkable situation. Everyone knows it. Great response.
3: And it's fantastic because remember, Tennessee, because they wanted to get out of the Pruitt contract and buy them for cause, right? They worked with the NCAA just earlier. Like, this was at the beginning of the football season this year. And the NCAA, like, lauded them and praised them for thank you for being a a good partner and working with us through the investigation and that we could get through it. And then the NCAA turns around and (laughs) and opens an investigation on them for something that, like, we've said many times, everybody is doing and is basically legal
2: right now. Well, the other part of it, uh, Reese, is the, there are state laws in these states that are going to supersede NCAA guidelines, so there's that part of it, too. But that last line's unbelievable, that it's legal in the NCAA's mind for a collective to meet with a recruit, but illegal for them to then use that as an inducement. What in the blue hell do you think this is all about?
3: What are those conversations supposed to be, then? Tell me about yourself.
4: <laughs> well, that's cool. Yeah, it's just a get-to-know-you type thing. There's an icebreaker. Maybe oh, someone's... Man. You know, you're not serving cheeseburgers, but you you got some food uh, may, or maybe yes, just coffee. <laughs> it, it really does depend on what you're allowed to serve based off of what the NCAA is going to let you give these kids. But, yeah, it's just a get to know you type thing, because, again, it's, they want you to sign and then they'll get you the NIL deals. That's how it, it all works. Right.
3: So I was reading an athletic article, and I think, Bo, the point you made about like, well, who's doing the investigation? How did they get this? And I think this went kind of quietly sometime in the 2023 year. The NCAA passed a new bylaw that allows them to get people on these investigations for circumstantial evidence, not just direct sources. I remember this. So yeah. if they say, eh, it looks like you did this, they basically can
2: get you on it now. The the point, though, from the, the chancellor at Tennessee is the one that is the point. Dondi Plowman. Dondi Plowman. She has the point. Ploy- the point, by the way, did you guys have that as a woman or did you just guess? Like right away when I said Dondi, did you know? Or did well, you after
3: it you up? said it, I was like, actually, I don't know. So I looked
2: it up. Yeah. Okay. Because it could have gone either way. I've never yes. heard of anyone in my life named Dondi ever. That's the first time I've ever seen Dondi. When
4: I before. read it yesterday, I thought it was more like a Southern day. Well, probably. <laughs> no. I think so. I mean, that's perception. But I think this is, this line from
2: the Chancellor is the line. I mean, it is, it is a it is the most powerful, accurate statement, and everyone should push back the way that she has. It is intellectually dishonest for the NCAA staff to issue guidelines as they a third-party collective business may meet with a prospective student-athlete, discuss NIL, even enter into a contract with a prospective student-athlete, but at the same time say that that collective may not engage in conversations that we be part of a recruiting nature. Perfect. No kidding. They... The, That's uh, this, what the courts say to the NCAA every time. Every stuff time like that. they get dinged, it's with the same stuff. The idea that that governing body is still trying to live in this house made of glass with a rain of stone firing down and saying, oh, yeah, they have to get here first. You can meet with them and tell them what it'll like, what it'll be here, but you can't recruit them and use NIL as a recruiting tool because they really can't get their money until they get here. Are you out of your mind at some point, get into reality, man. At some point, you have to. It's just nonsense. I I applaud them. I think the NCAA is just I trying to them.
3: punish high profile cases to I show agree. we still have power, but they really don't. They are just if going none, after
6: high profile
4: ones that, again, like you said, are sourced from mostly message board stuff. It's a dog yeah. showing its teeth. Yeah, I mean the right. you could uh, the book about the NCAA should be intellectually dishonest yet hella rich. The NCAA story.
7: Yeah,
2: <laughs> they're they're a lot like Buddy Garrity. Like he'll he'll growl and show his teeth, and in the end, he's a golden retriever.
1: I put the mailbox up. Oh, that that buddy! Either (laughs) one, yeah both could be
2: both in that instance no the dog it's my dog same way like he growls like he's gonna do something fierce I'm like dude you're a golden retriever chill out you're not gonna do anything um NAL certainly factored into what Ohio State was able to do in the transfer portal certainly at the quarterback position Will Howard with a wide-ranging interview yesterday we will have that for you he's the key I think to what this team can be next
1: season you'll hear from him coming up next Bishop and Friends right here on the fan Bobby Carpenter doesn't have a mullet
0: knee-deep in mullet energy. Morning Juice with Bobby and Beamer.
8: Weekdays starting at 6.
0: The For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done. Watch up. What's up, man?
1: What's up with you? All right, here's
2: what's up on the first Friday. Um... Well, we'll get to Will, Will Howard in just a second. It's rare that I would make him wait, but well, not him actually, but the audio of him. You, we have an update on the Tennessee thing we were just talking about.
3: So while we were talking about that, I mean, literally, it's it's dated like still minutes ago. The Tennessee Attorney General just put out a tweet that says, State of Tennessee and Commonwealth of Virginia versus National Collegiate Athletic
2: Association, <laughs> better known as the NCAA. Guess who's going to join? Florida? State of Florida? DeSantis, he's, he's got time now. Well,
4: the Commonwealth of Virginia is in on this one from Tennessee. So they're tag teaming against the NCAA. But you're right. This becomes very class action-y when they just look Quickly. to the south. They say, hey, yo, Florida, you up? Yeah, we're in. Let's go. Let's go get them. Well, and while um, we're on the subject, like, I, why not teams from the
3: north? Ohio State probably use their collectives. And if they're seeing, wait, yeah. now we're going after collectives for talking to the people, which is something mm-hmm. that we were all told was legal. So I... I don't know. I don't know where it ends. If they get any sort of traction, I bet a lot of teams go and just say, hey, NCAA, no, you don't investigate this anymore.
2: Well, yes, I, I think what it could it, – it, well, that would be the easiest path, and that would be the path where the NCAA still exists. The other path would be a new form of governance that would come from Sankey and Petiti and Bjork and, and people like that who have juice would create a new system that we all work under. Um, the, I think the biggest thing that's always kept that from happening is no one wants to write that rule book, right? Nobody wants to sit there and, and write it. It's a lot. It's a lot of lawyer fees to write that thing. So I think that's always been kind of the the drawback. I mean, going all the way back to when Gordon Gee was here and talking about, you know, little sisters, the poor and all of that stuff and super conferences and all of it. um, I mean, this has been headed this way. You guys had that quote from the 1970s yesterday that it was headed this way. So like, it is, it's probably time, but it's just the real rule book that's kept it from being done. Go ahead, Reese.
4: So here's the complaint from the Attorneys General, Tennessee, and Virginia. The state of Tennessee and the Commonwealth of Virginia bring this antitrust case against the National Collegiate Athletic Association. The NCAA has started enforcing rules that unfairly restrict how athletes can commercially use their name, image, and likeness oh, at a critical juncture in the recruiting calendar. These anti competitive restrictions violate the Sherman Act, harm the states and welfare of their athletes, and should be declared unlawful and enjoined. Guess who's going to win that every time? The people who well, filed get, it. Getting dunked on, the, the NCAAs. NCAAs. Again, like a yearly yeah. tradition. You can yeah. count on the Masters being in April. You can count on the NCAA getting <laughs> dunked on by judicial bodies. Can they just
3: yeah. do like the USC people and just be like, I don't even know if there's NIL inducement. I've never even heard of it's it. Filed it's
4: filed in me. the Eastern District of Tennessee.
2: There you go. So, yeah, that's the crazy thing about that is,
3: Meanwhile, FSU and the ACC keep filing lawsuits back and forth
9: with each
2: right. other, too. Yeah, some, the crazy thing about that is like when, when FSU sues the, sues the ACC and ACC sues them back, when that happens, isn't FSU in a way paying to sue itself? Kind of. Cause they're, they are in the ACC. So in a way, they're, su- you're kind of suing yourself. It's kind of the way that they just want
3: to break their their attachment to the grant of rights in any way possible. They're they trying can. everything.
2: Yeah, they are. They're trying everything to be able to do so. Um, we know that the collectives were incredibly organized around here. They were able to do so in the transfer portal, the likes of which we've never seen. And, um, you know, you're going to hear people at Ohio State minimize it. And they'll say, well, we only took six guys or whatever. You took like the best six guys. So <laughs> the the amount of money it takes to get those guys. This ain't last year. This, this is not what happened last year. This is something completely different than that. Um, and there, there was star power in spades in this thing when you talk about Judkins and obviously Caleb Downs. But the, the one that is really going to be the most critical for next season is the quarterback, Will Howard, who comes from Kansas State. It was, uh, uh, he was available yesterday. He was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago with, with Austin, but this was his first time in front of the assembled media at Ohio State. It was interesting. Uh, the great Jerry Emig put a, vi- uh, an image out of like the people surrounding these guys it's like you you come to Ohio State you're you're playing for the Dallas Cowboys I mean that's that's what you're doing you're playing for the New York Yankees and the assembled media is similar to what you see in those scenarios um here is
7: here is Will on his decision this from yesterday his decision to come to Ohio State you know at times it felt rushed and at times it felt like you know I was pressing like people were you know we need a commitment we need this we need that but I was I just Throughout the whole process, I just prayed and, and trusted God and, and knew that, you know, his plan for me would, would be greater and that I would end up where I was meant to be. And, I mean, that paid off, you know, tenfold. I, I feel like I, I landed in the best possible place for myself and, and you know, I just I couldn't be more thankful and blessed to be here. So the, the other part of that, and,
2: and, one of you guys pointed this out a couple of weeks ago that, that had like his commitment date in, G, in November. And
3: I think that that date might be with the day they say they enter the portal, but it's listed strangely yes. on, As like,
2: on 24 seven, but it's still okay. something. Yeah. But somebody asked him directly yesterday about it. How early did he hear from Ohio State? Here's what he had to say.
7: I don't remember exactly when it when it happened, when it went down, but um, you know, we—I knew they wanted to wait until after the Cotton Bowl to to do anything. So, um, you know, I was patient, and I knew that, um, you know, that going to Ohio State and, and playing quarterback here would be a huge honor and a an opportunity that would be hard to pass up. And uh, you know, there was it was a long process, but you know, I'm I'm glad I ended up here. So he so committed there on go. January
3: 4th and said but they wanted to wait until after the Cotton Bowl which is on December 31st.
2: Yeah. So he knew that th- there was obviously communication in yeah. November December that said hey we got to hang tight and then you know in terms of the options he had a lot of them. I'm sure USC was in the in the in the mix as well. Here's uh, new quarterback Will Howard on the options he had in the portal and beyond
7: there was a lot of different options for me on the table and I thought they were all really good options. Um, you know, I didn't think any of them were as good as this one. And this is the one that I kind of had, um, you know, circled in the back of my mind and, you know, at the, it was, it was really down to the last minute. I mean, in the last, um, week before I committed here, I got a senior bowl invite. Um, you know, that was probably the, the thing that I was closest closest to doing was going to the draft. Um, You know, I was projected a third to sixth round, that's what I was hearing. I, I, you know, you can never really trust anything that you hear, but um, that was consensus what I was hearing, and and I just felt like I had the opportunity, and I felt like my talent level didn't really match where my stock was, and I felt like I couldn't pass up an opportunity to try and bump that up and and go somewhere to compete for a national championship.
2: Well, there's the, uh, there's the line. Those last couple sentences there—that's the sales pitch. Is Bo Nix, Michael Penix? That's what can happen. He's had he had a great career at Kansas State. Now he's going to go on the biggest stage in college sports. He's going to play with the best roster in college football next year, the most talent surrounding him. Um, will Howard can play himself. I mean, he's got the size, the attributes. We haven't really seen him spin it other than what we've seen from a distance uh, from afar at Kansas State, but to be able to spin it to these type of receivers. And, and you think about Ohio State Open, how he will benefit from that. We'll get into a receiver conversation in just a second, but – my God, this is this is how you play yourself into being a first-rounder, how you play yourself into being a second-rounder. This changes everything from an NFL perspective.
3: Think about how top of mind he will be for a oh month God. and a half for people who are watching college football or NFL prognosticators because you're talking about a guy who's going to play the defending national champions in Michigan, which may not be as good, but still, it's an Ohio State-Michigan game. If they achieve their goals, a Big Ten championship, then if they achieve their next goal, three playoff games to go to the national championship well, because they presumably have the
2: bye don't forget the oregon game and the oregon game's in there too which will be that's game of the year stuff
4: there and it's still in gabriel v will yeah. howard we might even right. get a ohio state oregon rematch in the big 10 title that's an also a possibility yeah. Yeah. so looking right now for our friends at typico Sportsbook, will howard's plus 1200 to win the Heisman Trophy next season, so that's the fifth best odds. Carson Beck of Georgia and Quinn Ewers are tied at plus seven fifty. Dylan Gabriel, the aforementioned Ducks quarterback, plus nine hundred. Then Jalen Milrow from Alabama, plus nine fifty. Ohio State really? quarterback's
2: always in top five. It
3: seems always, like now
2: yeah. that's a new thing. Yeah, it never used to be that way. Um, you really think? I mean, we're up against it. Like, you really? Arch is Arch going to sit for two years? Seems like it. Yeah. You, you hear no whispers. Feels like he's happy, but he's just gonna sit for a couple years behind Quinn. It's it's a wild thing. Uh, this the, the people that Will Howard is throwing to is a just embarrassment of riches. And he's already had some comments about a new face that we think we'll see a lot of next year. We'll get to that coming up next. Bishop and Friends right here on the fan.
1: If you miss a live show, you can catch the podcast.
0: If you miss the podcast, our
1: hosts have volunteered to have dinner with you. Ma the Meatloaf!
0: The fan.
1: Our top men are working on everything except this show. This this is Bishop and Friends.
2: There's obviously other factors to Will Howard's success uh, at Ohio State. The receiving room part of that, the the other part of it is is new office coordinator Bill O'Brien. Obviously, that was something that he committed to before uh before ohio state knew that they were going to be able to get o'brien um my hunch is, is that bill o'brien is who ryan day kind of wanted all along he waited it out he got him um but but that is a shotgun marriage for sure with with howard and o'brien
7: will was asked yesterday his early impressions on bill o'brien here's what he had to say he seems like just very relatable someone that i can get along with really well um very smart i mean he's been around for how long doing this and and um, has done some really, really good things at some really big time places. Um, you know, just the experience that he brings and that I'll be able to, uh, you know, feed off of and kind of just really just learn from him, um, and kind of bounce ideas off of him because, um, you know, he's really personable. He's a, he's a player's coach. He wants to do what we want to do and cater to our strengths and he wants to run our offense. And that's, that's big time. We,
2: we talk, this, we're draft season, right? You're about a month from the combine. And, and one of the things that's always hard with Ohio State quarterbacks, um, is that the receivers get Ohio State open. And so the windows aren't that small because they're schemed up really well from, from Ryan and the talent is absurd. Um, Will was asked about the overall talent at Ohio State and here's what
7: he had to say. You know, I, I, I love my guys at K State and I, I have nothing bad to say about them, man, but, I mean, the talent here is unbelievable, and I, I just just being being around the guys, and the thing that's impressed me the most about, especially the receiver room, is how driven they are and how much they want to work. You know, I don't have to go out there and beg these guys to go catch. I mean, they're already out here catching on the jugs when I come out to throw. You know, it's like they're incredibly hardworking just all across the room. I mean, we got dudes like Carnell and and Brandon Ennis and and obviously Amecha and all those guys like. I mean, that's just the, that's just tip of the iceberg. Like, there's so much talent in that room and being able to throw to guys like that makes my job a lot easier. There is one more part of that room and it's Jeremiah Smith. Now, when you start hearing things
2: out of Florida, in terms of people who have been around Florida recruiting for a long time that say that someone is as good as any receiver who has ever come out of the state of Florida, well, that's a bit of an attention getter, right? Um, Jeremiah Smith is here.
7: Uh, Will Howard has seen him. Here are his impressions. Dude, he's a dude, man. I, I haven't I haven't gotten to talk to him that much yet, um, you know, just because we've been in different groups lifting and stuff. Um, but, man, he's a specimen. I mean, that dude is, is a freak show when it comes to physical. I mean, he is I, – I, I'm excited to see him out on the field in, in live action. It'll be fun. be fun.
3: Well, he sounds like somebody who's excited to strap on a silver <laughs> dome and go out there, even in spring, just to see what yeah. it looks like actually lined yeah. up on the field with these guys.
2: Yeah. You listen to all of that stuff that we've played for you over the last couple of segments, and you, you hear the way that he – I said this when they signed him. They got a pro. Okay. So it, it didn't necessarily mean – what I meant by that was not necessarily this is a, a NFL quarterback. What I meant by that is a pro in the sense he's played a lot of football. He sounds and more like a coach who's younger himself. than he carries yeah. himself. Yeah. He carries himself like he is a pro. Um, and there's an ease and a confidence that he walks in with. Um, that is an absolute, uh th- that that an that is an incredible bonus for them off of this. Um, the amount of pressure that will be on him is something that he's never experienced before. I think it's remarkable that he is the way that he is because with the, This is not a disrespect to, to Kansas State in any way. It's just the reality of playing there in Manhattan, Kansas, is very different than playing here. And, Reese, he
4: was completely at ease. Yeah, yesterday had to have been, if not double, more than the amount of media members at a press conference oh, for him. Like yeah. speaking at, after practice for K-State or speaking after games for K-State. I mean, just the, the beat alone is, yeah. mu- is, is exponentially larger here. The attention the uh, just the exposure I mean, we were making fun of it yesterday, the big twelve marquee games mm-hmm. that are going to be this year on ESPN and none of them are no outside of that footprint of interest to anybody and here it's every single week. I mean, I, I think it was it was Sportico and they took Nielsen data for the lat for the a 100 most watched broadcasts last year and like 90 of them were nfl but the others were college football and the state of the union and ohio state was part of at least two of those
2: oh yeah yeah
3: I use yeah. that analogy that like, oh, he sounds more like a young coach talking than like a college player. And I think the best part, and it's funny because he doesn't do the coach speak, but we also hear the coach speak from the player sometimes because it just gets nailed into him so much yeah. and they know oh, don't say the wrong thing. So I'll just say what the coach says and this is what we're working on for him. It does. I feel like I got some insight into what his decision making is there and it, and it makes sense for him. One, I think the range of round three to six is too large for anybody to yeah. make a good decision about their future because third round pick. Okay, you're talking about something or Least going to make the roster. Sixth round pick yeah that, that gets a little murkier for a quarterback. So that makes sense. And then he talks about the the talent. It, good job of saying I'm not trying to downgrade the talent I was playing with in Kansas State, but yeah, it is different here, and I don't think anybody would deny that. Probably not even if you got him truthful to people at at Kansas State. So the idea to like improve his draft stock, yeah, that makes sense here because now you've got a guy who is experienced. One doing good job with quarterbacks and Bill O'Brien in his times in college but has also been an NFL coach. You got Ryan Day who sent three straight quarterbacks in the first round. Everything there makes sense for him that, yes, this is somewhere a finishing school for a quarterback to update
4: and elevate his draft stock. All right, it's, yeah. He's going into a car wash with a third round grade. He's going to come out of that car wash with a hopeful first or second round grade. Going yeah. to the Honda come out with a Ferrari right. somehow.
2: Yeah, it's a, well, yeah, I like that term quarterback finishing school. That's what he's hoping for. I wanted real quick on Jeremiah Smith. It, it's been a minute. You think about if he is a if he could as a true freshman can be a, a big weapon like they have a Mecca. He's an NFL receiver, He's ready to go like he's that's primary target all of that. Carnell Ennis like Ballard's been here. They're all four or five star guys coming in. But if he can force his way onto the field. On this roster. whew. <sighs> Boy, boy, it's,
3: it's going to be something. And then, the, you know, and at That's least in lot. college football, you get three years of them. So if you, him, if you can get them, if you can get them on there, can
4: you, can you have them do that? I think. I
2: wasn't here for like Teddy Ginn. Was he the last one that was like, God, we got to get him out there. Something we got to. Well, however, you so can hard. get him
4: on that field.
3: You get him on There's the field.
2: somebody I'm missing, but. In people terms were very of, like,
3: excited about Dontre Wilson. Remember, he was like the first like five star athlete that Urban brought up here. He didn't see the quite Percy pan out. Urban role, yeah they, were, yeah. they were
2: looking for that forever. Was mm-hmm. to find that, but like even Zeke, like he didn't force his way on right away to like
0: force. You got to play
2: again. Yeah, I think I, t- Ted. I, someone will hit me on Twitter and say, Bo, you're missing." This, this, and, oh yeah, those guys, all those. But like Ted is the one that jumped out to me, and I wasn't here for that. But just oh, he has you. You have to get him on the field right now. Um, and, and find weapons. And that, that could be what Jeremiah Smith is as well. Uh, major news on the NCAA front. We'll update you on that. We'll play a little higher, lower. You'll hear from Caleb Downs, who as important as Will Howard is to the offense, Caleb Downs is to the defense. We will get to that. Dan Hope going to join us as well. Second hour up next. Bishop and friends right here on the fan.
1: Common man has spent the past 18 years telling you how much he hates people. And yes, that probably means you too. Common man
0: and T-bone. Weekdays at three. The fan.
1: Producers, co-hosts, friends—some of those things are true. You're listening to Big Up and Friends.
2: All right, second hour here on a uh, first Friday edition. Time to get your hey guys questions into the fellas at nine seventy-one BFS. We'll answer those coming up at eleven o'clock. Um, we we talked about the kind of where. The genesis of this lawsuit that's kind of the story of the day in in college athletics and college sports, um, and it comes from the NCAA announcing an investigation into Tennessee on their NAL claims, the Tennessee Chancellor, Dondi Plowman, with the, the line of the century on this thing, where, when she says, quote, It is intellectually dishonest for the NCAA staff to issue guidelines that say a third-party collective business may meet with prospective student-athletes, discuss NIL, even enter into a contract with prospective student-athletes, but at the same time say that the collective may not engage in conversations that would be part of a recruiting nature. Any discussion about NAL might factor into a prospective student athlete's decision to attend an institution. This creates an inherently unworkable situation and everyone knows it. And now we have lawsuits. Um, the attorneys general for the states of Tennessee and Virginia going together. Virginia's not, I wonder why they're in on this. I, in the, I'm trying, we're doing the show and we're reacting to this in live, in live form. I don't, I don't know of any investigation into state of Virginia wrongdoing
3: do Virginia and Virginia tech or one or the other or something have like some idea that the NCAA is is coming be, for them is my it guess is it James Madison who had a big <laughs> a big problem with the NCAA not allowing them to be bowl eligible the last two years after coming up from FCS I wonder if that has a part to do with it and they just mad in general and say sure we'll join your lawsuit they'll win they will
2: the all win. They're all win. Yep. loses
3: every time they're put up to legal scrutiny and none of that is ever going to change because the problem is that, you know, that we talked about the thing going out on the West Coast right now against the, the Labor Relations Board, right? So
2: that is that is, that lawsuit, Amanda Christovich, who we have on from time to time. She's been covering that every day that that lawsuit is is one that is done to. Uh, it, it's one to to essentially to essentially say, yeah, they're they're employees
3: until they're made employees. The NCAA is going to continually lose all yeah. of these because it's exactly what they are. It's very clear. Not at every sport, I can totally see that. That's why they bring in the the uh, witnesses from other sports, the Olympic sports, the non revenue generating sports. Too. Sure, that one, that is a little bit different. But if they're different, then they
4: should be treated differently. And that's why the NCAA being in charge of all of it doesn't make any sense anymore. I think it's a game by the NCAA at this point. They're just figuring out new ways to get dragged in front of a judicial body. They do it every year. It's just yeah. it's it's a different thing every year, and this is just a new one. And you guys had that thing from like the seventies. Like this has been going
2: on for nearly fifty years. This has been going on. But They've we might finally be at the to fever, delay, fever pitch. Delay, yeah.
4: Delay. But yeah, I, I mean, think that's why you have Ross Bjork so staunchly for a new model because, and and he even said it in his introductory press conference and then he was on with morning juice a couple weeks ago is we can either decide this or a court can decide it for us. Yeah. No, for sure. This, here, it, here we go. Cause
3: that's the NCAA has decided. A court is going to decide it and we're just going to hold on for as long as we can and keep cashing our NCAA tournament check.
2: Yeah, that's exactly it. The people in, that, that are in the NCAA who again, work for the institutions, work for the presidents answer to them. And this is a chancellor at a major institution saying, which what, what she said is, which is awesome. You had Bjork's comments a couple of weeks ago. Like these are really powerful people in the sport saying you're out of your depth. Okay. Donnie, you're out of your element. That's what's happening right now. And so that's, that stuff being said out loud by institutions like those, like Tennessee and Ohio state. And now the States of Tennessee and, and Virginia, it's all coming to an end. And look, a bunch of people for 50 years made a lot of money running the NCAA. And that's, that appears to be coming to an end, at least in its, its current incarnation, because this is going to get, her points are so on point that it's irrefutable. I mean, what's your response to that if you're the NCAA? How are you going to enforce that?
3: It's also refreshing to see somebody who is high up in the administration. This isn't a coach or even an athletic director. This is the chancellor of Tennessee to not only say something that strong and what we deem correct, but also appear to have a very firm grasp on what the NIL landscape is, because a lot of these now sometimes they're just straight up lying and it's pretty obvious. But a lot of these people who go up in front of Congress or in front of these these court cases, they sound like they don't really know what this NIL stuff really is right now or how it works. They don't.
4: And they don't. Actually, or don't want to know how it affects actual student athletes. Like they, they bring up so, like I don't know where they find some of these people who go. Oh no 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 no. no. The student athletes that we've spoken with, they don't want any of this. No. Well,
3: they don't want to be employees. Oh, really? The athletic director <laughs> came up to a woman's soccer player and said, "Do you want to be an employee?" Yeah. And and she's like, "No." Aha! No student wants to be an Come employee. Be. We're going
1: to Capitol Hill. All right, let's play a little higher, lower. Bishop and friends present. Higher or lower? I'll just
4: read directly from his column. Never in all my years writing way too early top 25s was there ever so much January upheaval. And that's from Stuart Mandel of The Athletic. And brother, you ain't kidding. We talked for weeks about how (laughs) when the season, when any season goes final, pick the season. Everybody and their grandma comes out with too early top whatever, too early top 10, too early power rankings, too early top 25. And we'd had some come out with college football top 25s after Michigan won the national championship. But it had no reflection on the upheaval that's been done because three of the four college football playoff finalists have new head coaches.
2: You've been waiting for this one. For like a month, Reese. This is what you've been asking I for. I think
4: everybody has. I've just been, been asking for
2: you've it. You've been asking for it out loud.
3: This on, is what you've wanted. You finally need a
4: true reflection of we the changes it. that have actually been happening because they have been seismic.
3: On top yep. of those, three of the four college football playoff participants have now changed coaches. The coaches change in different ways. Saban retired. Harbaugh went to the NFL. DeBoer went and replaced <laughs> Saban at Alabama. But on top of that, there are now only three active coaches who have won a national championship. Kirby with two. Dabo and Mac Brown, and is, Mac Brown is not going to get back there, there, I don't think. And I have, no. I have my doubts about Dabo getting back up to that.
4: It kind of only feels like one. Yeah, true. No, those two Carolina turkeys are cooked. Yeah. At number one on this list is Georgia, and they stay number one uh, from Stuart Mandel's previous two early top 25 done in early January adding that no notable changes to report in Athens besides Kirby Smart plucking new co-defensive coordinator Traverius Robinson from Alabama. So can't go any higher than number one, but higher or lower for the Dawgs at the top spot. The t- the Traverius Robinson hire is a mammoth
2: hire for him from uh recruiting standpoint, like that, as if they needed any more help. I actually think it's too high. I think Ohio State should be number one. I understand Georgia is what it is. Um, Ohio State and Georgia ended up, you know, had similar regular seasons last year. Uh, both of them lost late in the season to a rival. Um, I, I think Ohio, what Ohio State has done in the offseason should put them at number one on any poll. They should start next season number one. Um, the, the amount of talent that has been injected into the roster is overwhelming at key positions, the most important positions. So I would have Ohio State one, and I would have Georgia two.
3: They both lost their last game before bowl season to, a, a, you know, their rival in the conference for Ohio State. It's their true full-on rival in Michigan. But both teams that then went on to the college play playoff and said these two end up in the New Year's Six. And, yeah, I, I just don't – like, you can't do anything with the games because they played no. a Florida State team that just said, no, we're not Florida State, actually. The, half the guys aren't even here. And Ohio State played with – out of quarterback, it felt like against um, Missouri. Now, Ohio State, yeah, definitely had the worst showing there. But I don't. That's not the two teams that you're getting next year, anyways. No so you don't want a one A and one B. Your top twenty five. So he, he sticks with Georgia there. But and adding Trevor Etienne, the running back out of Florida, he mentions that. Yeah, that's really good. But then in his Ohio State blurb, he mentions all the players they've added. It's way more impressive, and it just there's no real reason because we haven't seen these teams play to not have Ohio State number one right now. Now, that could change immediately once we do see them play. We haven't, and Ohio State is a big question mark, but also a question mark that you're pretty sure the answer is positive. Yeah.
4: All right, so you talk about the Buckeyes at number two. They take a two-spot jump from number four. At number three, taking a similar two-spot jump, or two-spot bump, I should say, is the University of Texas. Higher or lower for the Longhorns at three?
2: No, this is this is the sweet spot for them. They should be three. Um, Ohio State probably benefited most from Alabama's uh, Nick Saban retirement. Texas benefited second most. Ewers stays. Um, they had a couple of transfers. They get Alabama receiver Isaiah Bond and tight end Amari Niblack. They both come in, um, so they get them into the mix. They get some other transfers here and there. They had a great recruiting class. They kept Ewers. Right now they keep Manning, so they have an incredible succession plan behind him. Uh, They're the appropriate, I would have them three. So this is where I think the sweet spot is. This is where they should be.
3: Again, you know, this can all change once they play, but I can't think of a single, I mean, it feels like a second, eighth situation right now in the offseason of who has the best returning quarterback in college football. It's Texas with Quinn Ewers, and then I don't know. Who's a returning quarterback? Carson Beck?
2: at Georgia? He's, Beck. He's not, Beck would be in the mix. He's okay. pretty
3: good, but he's not this he's not impressive. Yours. No, and so that, yeah, so Texas moving up there, and like seeing it, you know, the Buckeyes moved up two spots, and uh, Texas moved up two spots, and I wonder did he take out Michigan or Alabama in there, because the next team we'll get to is another one that dropped out from in front of some of those people, and that was one of the spots, but one of the other spots had to be either Alabama or Texas, or uh, Michigan dropping yeah. by losing their coach, but yeah, Texas should be there, and I guess I was just about to say, well, I I think they'll win their conference. Well, they're in the SEC now, so I'm not yeah. so <laughs> I'm not <laughs> so different. sure about that, but they will definitely be in the mix and with a twelve team playoff. They'll be in the playoff. I assume they're going to be there, yeah.
0: At
4: number four, Oregon, higher or lower for the ducks at four.
2: I think the I think he has the right four. And I think he has the right order on the first four, with the exception of I would swap Ohio State and Georgia at the top. But if I were to pick at the start of this season, who's who are the four, if we had the old four team playoff, those would be the four that i would pick would be two big 10 teams in oregon and ohio state two sec teams in texas and georgia so i think he's got it right
3: who had this in the summer when we got the news that oh it's going to be all four of them coming that oregon was by a pretty wide margin seen as oh wow they're the healthiest entering the big 10 for sure out of these other the teams big
2: Ten look that they waited like oh, taking oregon oregon's Washington. Not good enough oregon's not good enough to be in our big league how you like them now and then Washington is coming off national runner up stats. Dude, we talked as well. about this. I, we, we would scream at the mountaintops about dance partners with USC and UCLA and they waited forever and they end up, i guess they end up winning cuz they get him and they get him at discount but like of course Oregon is worthy and of course they're going to be at the top of the Big 10 right away
3: i think Dylan Gabriel is a good quarterback not great but i think Dan Lanning knows what he's doing and with recruiting and he's really good in the portal as well you know he comes from the south so he gets that idea so it, while it is Oregon and it's out west that's the other thing like factor to put in there especially with how how like staunch he has been that he does not want to leave the Ducks right now when the Alabama thing opened. And who knows, maybe there would be a job that would pull him away, but it does feel like, even though you're getting a team from the West Coast, that this is built like an SEC
4: program, which is what Ohio State wants more of in the conference. At number five, again, this is the Stuart Mandel, the courageous Stuart Mandel's updated (laughs) way too early top 25 in college football. And at number five, Ole Miss. The Rebels take a three-spot jump up to where they sit now, higher or lower for Ole Miss at five?
2: I, I think this I think this one's fine, too. I think what comes after it is where you start to get troublesome. But I think what that, what he did, he was the portal winner with the exception to Ohio State. I mean, like, he was the winner winner in the portal.
3: But the portal is the winner, really, of the offseason because this top five, all of his blurbs, there's a few talks about returning players in each one and maybe a new coach, but it's all really elevated by look at the transfers that these teams got yeah that's why they're in the top five right now because their coaches are, are coaches that have sat down and said okay this is the future of college football or at least it is college football right now and you need to be good in the transfer world to be one of these top five teams all the teams in the top five go into the portal
4: at number six this is the one the enemy of mankind and your current reigning defending national champions michigan higher or lower for the wolverines at six i just see no
2: scenario and i know alabama's been rated but i see no scenario how michigan is going to be the sixth best team in the country with everything that's happened no Um, even just the roster returning at notre dame um, you go down this list he's got alabama eight and then it gets pretty squirrely in terms of what it could look like but there is no scenario where michigan is the sixth best team in the country and even in his line here he talks about all of the losses i mean they've lost like 12 of their 15 best players. Yeah, they have Donovan Edwards back, um, and they've got a good tight end coming back, but you have no idea who's going to play quarterback for them at all. Um, they were not active in the portal. At some point, this roster could get rated as well. So lower, significantly lower for, for Michigan next season. Remember their schedule, guys? Like, they could go, like, 8-4. and four. Well, and then herein
3: lies the problem we get in every week during higher or lower. Wait, is this a power rankings or an AP top 25 that you're, like, kind of trying to, to mimic because... Michigan plays three of those top five teams. Like, there's just no way they're going to have a record that is going to be upwards of the the six rated team. We're running out of time, but it does appear Alabama was the dropper there previously. Two now number eight
2: on his yeah. list. So. Bama's is better than that. I, Bama should be six. They're going to he, he kept enough. And one other thing with Alabama, they will pounce in spring. Mm-hmm. Now I know they can't pounce. SEC SEC. But my hunch is that'll be technicality when it comes to Texas and Oklahoma because they're not yet in the SEC. So I think they will try to poach those rosters. They'll try to poach this roster, USC, They'll everywhere. They're going to try and poach. They're going to be doing all of that between now and that portal opening. And I think he's a damn good coach, and they still have a ton of talent. There's
3: also another signing period in two days. There is. Bama loves to make late pushes, and I bet Nick Saban would tell him, hey, you can make a lot of hay by still signing guys in February.
2: Yeah, there's, there's no question. Bam, a little, little bit too down, but good, good out of Stuart Mandel for putting that together. Uh, one of the reasons Ohio State should be number one in the country, in my view, is what they did, uh, from SEC portal. Talking about Caleb Downs, Quinshawn Judkins, both those guys available. You'll hear from them coming up next. Bishop and friends right here on The Fan.
1: We aim to punch you in the face with as many games as we can. You're home of the Buckeyes, Blue Jackets, Crew, and Browns. The Fan, Ohio Sports Destination.
6: The uncle
1: you never knew you had. The friends you kind of wish you didn't. This is Bishop and Friends.
2: And gear up with the Typico Sportsbook and get in on the betting action with playoff football, basketball, hockey, so much more. Take advantage of their massive odds boosts on your favorite teams and players for the biggest payouts. Try out the new Flex Parlay and cash in on your bets, even if you miss a leg or two. Claim the new sign-up bonus now and get $100 in bonus bets when you bet $25 or more. Sign up now. Enter the promo code the Fan 100 You get a $100 bonus bet. Download the Typico Sportsbook app today. Must be 21 or older, physically located in Ohio. Terms and conditions do apply. Gambling problem, call 1 800 Gambler for more on that. Um, we, we spent a lot of the first hour talking about Will Howard and the impact that he will have on the Buckeye offense and what the expectation is and the, the incredible amount of, of pressure that comes with it. Um, and, and that was something that happened early in the transfer process. One thing that you didn't know it was hard to believe that it would be possible, um, is that you'd be able to land Caleb Downs. So he was a freshman, first-team All-American. He was uh, Kevin Steele, who had long been uh, a defensive coordinator in the South. Um, I knew him when he was at Florida State. He's been at Clemson and Alabama and Georgia. been about everywhere, honestly, in the SEC as a defensive coordinator. One of One of the really great minds who's seen a lot. Said last year before they even played a game that Caleb Downs was the best defensive player at Alabama last year. As a true freshman, before they played a game, so that's what you're getting. You're getting a stud. There's that video going around of him returning a punt. It's like, wait, that's a free safety. He's he's returning the he's returning punts too. So all let of him that, do it. It's it's let him do it. Let him live, man. They don't um, return punts anyways at Ohio State. Why not just no. leave defense out there? Let him do it. So here is uh, uh, we're going to hear from Caleb now. Let's start with um, why Ohio State.
7: I just felt like it was the best decision for me. Uh, at the end of the day. Everybody's got to do what they, uh, they need to do for themselves, and I think that's evident as for his transition to Ohio State, here's how that's going. I feel like everybody's around here around the building has made it a really smooth transition. Um, it's definitely a change just because of the location moving, but it's been a smooth transition because everybody around here is so good good people he's um, another factor in this for for
2: Caleb was the defense last year and the improvements that were made. Here's Caleb on that.
7: That's definitely true. Uh, they played great defense last year. And just seeing how, watching the film and seeing how they progressed and seeing how their defense played last year definitely helped me make a more sound decision and having more facts about what I would be getting into. This
2: is, there's so many prongs to this, right? Because now this allows for Sonny Styles to, to probably go into a little bit of a different position. And I'm guessing that he won't want to be called a linebacker, but viper bullet whatever uh, that i my hunch is is that what you do like you get that athlete near the line of scrimmage and you get him on blitzing and play in the uh, middle of the field see ball hit ball yeah and and get the quarterback really mm-hmm. i mean because that that is something that he is he is damn good at so in a way you're kind of getting like two freshman first team all-Americans <laughs> by this because you're now injecting talent inside the box with Sonny Styles, I think like I, I, we'll ask Dan hope about that when, when he joins us here in a few minutes, if that's the feeling that, that he gets, but that's certainly the feeling that I get. And now you have a straight dude for two years on the back end. Who's not just uh, a tack. He led Alabama in tackles. So he's not just a tackler and all of that, but he's a, he's a playmaking machine. Um, you think about like what Malik hooker was the year where he was a consensus first team, all American here, like that type of playmaker in the back end. And it, it trans—it completely transforms what you're capable of defensively. It's going to take pressure off of of the linebacking core where there could be some relatively new faces. Everybody up front pretty much returns, with the exception of Mike Hall, but everybody else kind of returns. Your corners return. It's part of the loaded defense, and he's going to be the star of it.
3: Yeah, all that stuff makes sense to me because... I don't think Lathan Ransom came back to lose his starting job, and nobody should be in the thought process that Caleb Downs has to. I mean, he, he does have to go out there and work, but like, it's not an earn it situation. He's going to be the starting free safety on this team. He's that good, and that gives you a chance, like you said, to put Sonny Styles in a position that what he's actually made for and not something that like it just doesn't look quite comfortable at free safety. He's a little too big for it. He's still athletic enough, but if you can use him in other places and you've got a dude back there at free safety instead, that's what you do 10
4: times out of 10. We talk about guys like you just have to find a place to, on the field to put them. Yeah. I mean, those are, those are two or three guys on this Ohio State defense who fit that mold. It's like, all right, any place you think they could be productive, you have to get them to touch grass. Like, they can't be just yeah. chilling on the sidelines. And so Downs is one, Hicks is one, Styles is one. It's like, look, you got some time to figure it out, but it doesn't feel like wherever you put them, they're going to let you down.
3: But one more thing when we were yep. playing it, we played that one about Caleb Downs' transition to OSU. Mm-hmm. Did you notice being somebody who was in high school a few months ago did not mention how he enrolled in one set of classes and now <laughs> enrolled in another one? 2nd Didn't even
2: mention that. <laughs> probably not probably a way around that, I'm sure. Um I, I want to hear from Quinchon Junkins on this too, because with all of this absurd talent acquisition that, that happened this offseason, yeah, they got the best running back in the SEC over the last two years as well. And and he said something out loud that I, I think we'd kind of all thought was possible on the sales pitch that, that allowed for Ohio State to land the former Ole Miss star. Uh, but here he is talking about it himself on sharing the load with Travion Henderson. No, I think just really just uh, the situation
0: here, you know, just doing what I can to come and contribute to the team as all and just do what I can to win a national championship, just playing my part. He uh, was also asked, why Ohio
2: State? Here's uh, Quinchon Judkins on that.
0: Well, I think growing up, you know, Ohio State isn't just a school you, you hear about at that certain moment, you know, with all the accolades they've had, all the great players that have come through here. Some of my favorite running backs have played here. So, you know, it's always a school you've looked at growing up. And I think um, just with me being in the portal, it was a great situation to be in.
2: This will be the most impressive get-off-the-bus team around here since '15. Like just in the warm up, walking off. Dude, dude, when, dude, dude, dude. Holy hell, we gotta play that. Like yeah, this, like, it's it's gonna be like fifteen.
3: Even at a home game, when you think about you know, there's pro- there's always star players on Ohio State, but like when they're walking into the skull session, like oh, how gosh. many like one guy walks by you and then you go, Oh, but there's Caleb Downs, another guy walks by you and you go, Oh, there's yeah. Quinshon Junkins, oh there's Trevion Henderson, like oh, there's yeah, Sunday
2: Styles. It's just gonna be everywhere. JT Tweemolo out. Aaron Nolan, Julian saying, like it's just that's, you just think of them walking down that ramp and across the field, like the images of that. This, you mentioned the skull session, all of that. Them getting off a plane, getting off a bus. It's just crazy. And they're I mean, not afraid to say it. Pretty, I think no, every guy be,
3: we played said national championship in one of the clips. No, no,
2: they're, they're, this is going to be a very chesty, confident group. That I I assure you there will be a swagger as as they get off. I wouldn't even be surprised if you get a little bit, I mean they're gonna go right up against it, but I wouldn't even be surprised if you get a little bit of like what you saw with the Browns this year with Jim Schwartz, where they were really chesty. Like I th- I think you could see some of that here uh with, with some of this talent, because it's just overwhelming. Dan Hope was there. He covers the Buckeyes for Eleven Warriors. He'll join us coming up next. Bishopman Friends are here on the fan.
1: The Chris Holdman Daily Show is brought to you locally on the fan by Credit Union of Ohio. This is Chris Oldman Daily Show,
3: brought to you by Incova Insurance. Eighty-seven seventy-five. The final, Illinois defeats Ohio State. Chris, when you look at
2: some of the factors in this game, was rebounding one of the areas that you look at and see how that played a part in it.
10: Yeah, their offensive rebounding was a factor for sure. We knew that you know they were good at it, and yeah, that was that was certainly a factor. I thought, you know, playing some zone, they were able to get to get loose on some plays, but they also got uh, loose on some offensive rebounds against our man. Yeah, coach, just talk about
2: the the end of the first half. I really thought. Your team was in a position to kind of cut into that lead. Just those little things right there really hurt your chances yeah. of ending that first half.
10: Yeah, no, I thought that was a big stretch there. Uh, the, the, the miss... You know, the missed free throws, the missed front on and one-on-ones are, are, you know, are momentum killers for sure. There's not a whole lot of game pressure, you know, when it's always about an 8 to 10, 6 to 10-point game, which is, is what it was. Uh, and those little plays when your margin for error is really small, um, those are those are significant. I did think we got a couple good looks there, yep. um, both with the three and uh, Jamison at the end of the half that just bounced around. But, you know, I think more than anything, we've we've just – when we're not making shots like that and missing front ends of 1-1, we have to be better defensively. We just have to be.
3: Right, We'll have another comment in just a moment.
0: Hi, I'm Archie Griffin, two-time Heisman Trophy winner. The right coverage can be a game-changer, both on and off the field. That's why Incova Insurance and their local independent agents are prepared for what's next and protect what matters most to you. Whether that's your home, car, business, or family, encova has got your back with a policy that fits you perfectly. With local independent agents in your neighborhood and innovative insurance products that can be tailored to fit your unique needs, Incova's playbook is an easy win for your peace of mind. You can trust their team of agents to develop a strategy that's just right for you. And it's not just X's and O's. Your expert agent will guide you and provide insurance solutions so you can confidently manage your risk and count on a financially secure future. For auto, home, and business insurance, you want Incova on your team. Visit Encova.com today to find an agent near you. Encova is a proud sponsor of Ohio State
5: Athletics. Go Bucks!
0: Illinois with
2: a victory, 87 75 over Ohio State. Now, Coach, the challenges, you know, a really quick turnaround. We're flying out on Thursday to play an Iowa team on the road. So, the challenges of getting this team ready for the yeah. next opposition.
10: No, you're right. That's a really good Iowa team, really physical team, and a really good team at home. Um, you're exactly right. So we've got a, we've got a, uh we've got a quick turnaround. We got to move quickly uh, and uh, and get our guys ready. Their spirits have to get back. And again, I thought there's some real positives to take from from tonight. But we we just have to be better defensively across the board because you score 75 points, uh, that's enough points. Okay,
8: this is the Ohio State Sports Network from Learfield. Is it time to upgrade your financial situation? Whether you're shooting for financial goals or making a fast break towards savings, Credit Union of Ohio is on your team. If you live in Central or Northeast Ohio, you could score big with affordable loans and competitive savings. Enjoy Credit Union of Ohio's fast and easy online application process and make a slam dunk when it comes to your financial needs. Start winning at cuofohio.org. That's cuofohio.org. Federally insured by NCUA everybody knows that roosters is a fun casual joint with their award-winning wait staff great food fun and laughter it's a quick stop on the way home to sit back and unwind or grab a carryout roosters is where you your family and friends can order pizza sandwiches salads and more and the home of award-winning wings that are fresh never frozen it's your family's other dinner table roosters a fun casual joint
1: The best hair on the air. You are listening to Bishop and Friends.
2: All right, let's get perspective on where we are. After a very fun day yesterday on campus for some perspective from a guy who was there, we had on the Brian Heating Cooling Systems Fan Guest. Dottland, good buddy Dan Hope, Deputy Editor and Lead Buckeye Football Beat Writer at 11 Warriors. Um, it, it was a cavalcade of stars, my friend. I mean, it was so many known faces. Uh, what what was it like? What was it like seeing all those guys kind of in one room? And I suppose kind of the reality that, oh, yeah, now they're all Buckeyes.
8: Yeah, I think it kind of just uh, really hits you when you see all of them there together, how much talent Ohio State has just brought in through the transfer portal to bring in a star safety like Caleb Downs, to bring in – one of the best running backs in the country, and Quinchon Judkins, a very experienced quarterback, and Will Howard. To see all those guys there together, I think, really just kind of shows, oh, hey, yeah, Ohio Ohio State really uh, did a great job here over the past month of adding some big-time talent through the transfer portal.
2: Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, the collectives were organized. Everybody got it done. There was an aggressive nature to all of it. There was the fact that it was kind of the perfect storm, right? Because you had Saban uh, re- retiring as well. And so then you can raid that roster. Um, and, and I'll get to some of that in a second. But I do think that the the one that's most immediately needing to be good is going to be Will Howard. Uh, this is your first time to kind of get to know him a little bit and to see how he carries himself. I was very impressed. What did you make of Howard? Um, what is kind of your feeling uh, with him heading into spring?
8: Yeah, you get the sense that, you know, for one, I mean, he's a guy who's at Ohio State for the right reasons. He wants to win. He wants to compete for a national championship. He's the kind of guy who who wants to come in and assimilate himself to the team. And you get the sense that he's the kind of guy that people are going to gravitate around, that people are going to want to play with him. And so, you know, certainly, you know, we'll see, you know, if they decide to, you know, make it a competition in spring or if if Will Howard just quickly emerges as that starter. But, you know, certainly expect that he will be the starting quarterback for Ohio State this season. And I think you can see some of those traits just in his interview session from a personality standpoint that could make him a good fit at Ohio State.
2: They can't peddle that, can they, to us, that they're going to be a
8: competition? Like, he's the starter,
2: right, Dan? I mean, they can't do... They're not going to do that, are
8: they? I mean, they've done it before. I mean, I remember when they brought in Justin (laughs) Fields They 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 still played out in into the summer in terms of oh he's still competing even though there really wasn't anyone on the roster who could really compete with him. It's this is a more talented quarterback roster than that one. So uh, you know my guess is they might you know let it play out a little bit, but I I do think it's probably going to be pretty clear from the beginning that Will Howard is going to be the starter.
2: Yeah, there's a you you don't come here with the options he had unless it's to come play right away. Um, Let's stay in that room for a second. As you're around the guys yesterday and you've been thinking about this, how how do they manage that in the spring when you talk about those five guys?
8: Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how they do that because, I mean, I can remember springs where Ohio State had two scholarship quarterbacks in practice. They're going to have five in practice. So how do you split up those reps? You know, you would think that Will Howard is going to get the majority of the first team reps since he is going to be that likely starter. But then you've got four other mouths to feed for whatever reps you have left over. And that's going to be really interesting because, you know, do, do, do you give more reps to certain guys solely on the basis of these are the guys that we really want to make sure stick around and don't yeah. enter the portal? I think it, it's a good problem to have, but it is a situation that Ryan Day and Bill O'Brien have to manage very carefully because, you know, you, you don't want to spread the reps so thin that then none of these guys really get the opportunity to develop. But you also have to make sure that certain players get enough reps to make sure that they feel valued. Yeah. And
2: the certain players I think you're referring to are going to be those two five-star quarterbacks. And, um, you know, ideally there's just no way you can keep five by the time you get into next spring, there's going to have to be some attrition in that room. And And Dan, how to that end, how that to me? When I think of the Bill O'Brien hire, I think it couldn't have come at a better time. Um, and I don't mean this is a slight to everybody else, but you needed another guy in the room who has had to make really tough decisions at the top. And now there's somebody Ryan Day can lean on, and Bill O'Brien, who's had to.
8: Yeah, I think absolutely. I think you know Ryan Day realized with you know some of the you know obviously shortcomings Ohio State has had over the past few years, as well as just how big NIL and the transfer portal and all of that have gotten that. He he needed to take that off his plate. That he could not continue to be the head coach, the offensive coordinator, and the quarterbacks coach all at the same time. So to bring in someone like Bill O'Brien, who has so much experience as he does as an offensive coordinator and a quarterbacks coach, and even as a head coach himself, we we've heard Ryan Day refer to Jim Knowles as you know a quote unquote head coach of the defense. I think Bill O'Brien can have a very similar presence on the offensive side of the ball.
2: Well, let's talk about Jim Knowles' defense because he got a hell of a new toy in, in Caleb Downs. This kid's just a stud. It's uh, just incredible at Alabama last year. You got to be around him a little bit yesterday. What were your impressions?
8: Yeah, I mean, I think he's coming in, obviously, with a lot of confidence, as he should, because this is a guy who was the national freshman of the year last year. He was the best freshman in the entire country. So, you know, he's someone who's going to come in, uh, going to start right away at that free safety spot, and it's going to be... Uh, a major addition to to his defense you know and he you know he he was reluctant to call himself you know the final piece for the defense but you know in my mind I think that's exactly what he is but I think adding him to to the collection of all the returning talent Ohio State has I think it really is just that that extra piece that could really get them over the top and make them the best defense in the country. Dan what does that mean for Sonny Styles? I think it should mean that Sonny Styles moves to linebacker because Same. you know obviously right now between Caleb Downs, and Ransom, and Sonny Styles, you've got three guys there for two spots, and you know obviously Caleb Downs is going to be a starter. I certainly expect and Ransom is going to be a starter, and so I think the most logical move is to move Sonny Styles to that will linebacker spot because he's already got the linebacker body at six foot four, two thirty. I think linebacker could end up being a better fit for his game than safety is. And I think moving him to that spot will give you a boost of coverage ability and athleticism at that position that, you know, maybe you could have used for the last couple of years. And so I think the move that makes the most sense for everybody is moving him and making him the starting will linebacker.
2: I think that that I think many people probably in the building would agree with you on that. I just don't think they're going to call him a linebacker because they I don't think he wants the label. So I think you're going to get bullet missile. Something like that is going to be what they're going to call him because I'm with you. Like it's kind of a no brainer, uh, to put him down there. Um, when, when you, th- you think about the, did you get a sense with these new guys that, I mean, you think about the, the pressure that is on Ryan at the top. You think about all of it. What did you get a sense that they're prepared and ready for what's coming? Obviously, Caleb would know he was at Bama, but like some of the other guys.
8: I think they are. I mean, I I think, you know, the thing about those guys, you know, is they're all experienced guys who have played a lot of college football. And, you know, other than, you know, Will Kastner, who came from Ohio, they're all guys who have played at major colleges. And so I think they understand, you know, what what they're coming to Ohio State to be a part of, which is to try to go compete for a national championship this year. And I think that's the biggest reason why all of them are at Ohio State right now is they – they want to compete for a national championship. And so I, I think, you know, those guys with all the experience they have, you know, they, they understand what they're walking into and they, they recognize that, uh, that the expectations are going to be very high for them.
2: Dan, I'll get you out of here on this one, Bud, and I thank you greatly for your time. What, what is your sense on when we're going to get the, the final assistant coach kind of locked up?
8: Yeah, I mean, you'd think it would be much sooner than later. I mean, obviously, you know, James Laurinaitis has been filling that you know, temp spot on the road, and so it's certainly possible that you know Ohio State could you know move to promote him, and that would be, I think, the most natural move at this point. I haven't heard specifically on you know when a when a hire might be finalized, but you know I, I do expect that it's going to be a defensive assistant coach in one form or another. I know that you know they have had talks about potentially bringing on a second defensive line coach, but if that doesn't you know, come to fruition if they can't find the right guy as a potential successor to Larry Johnson. But I think it's, you know, very possible that they promote James Laurinaitis. And I think that would be a very well-received move.
2: Yes, I would agree with you. Certainly would on this program for sure. Appreciate your time as always, bud. Yeah, sure thing. Thanks for having me. All right. That's Dan Hope, 11 Warriors, the deputy editor and lead Buckeye football writer at 11 Warriors. We hit thing or not a thing up next. Bishop and Friends right here on the fan.
1: A lot of hosts have been on our airways in the past 30 years. Some good,
0: some bad, some really bad. Anyway, sorry for that. The for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones
1: who get it done. done. Bo knows many people. He talks to the interesting ones on this show. This is Bishop and Friends.
2: Hi, it's still time to get your Hey Guys questions into the fellows. We will get those at 11 o'clock at 971 BFS. Between now and then, a little thing or not a thing. Hit it, guys.
1: Things or not a thing. Sponsored by Apex Plumbing Pros.
3: First one today, Reddit College Football passes along from KU Athletics. With stadium renovations, Kansas will play all six home games in Kansas City Metro next year. Two non-conference games, FCS Lindenwood and UNLV in MLS's Children's Mercy Park seats about 18,000. Okay. Four Big 12 home games, TCU Houston, ISU Colorado, in Arrowhead. They added, uh, Red College Football did, that Children's Mercy Park is in the Kansas City, or in the Kansas side of Kansas City, and it hosted the D2 football championship for four years from 2014 to 17. Thing or not a thing?
2: Well, it's an interesting thing for sure. I think it's really smart of them that they don't put those first two games in Arrowhead. So I think that makes all the sense in the world. Um, I think the scheduling is going to be interesting. Like, will Arrowhead on those four Big 12 games, will Arrowhead have a game Saturday and Sunday? Because they're grass, right? It's going to grass hold up on a Saturday, Sunday back to back. Usually, uh, you don't like to see that. So that if the time of years on those would be, I think, very, very interesting on, on that side. It also got me thinking, like, if Ohio State if, well, when Ohio State actually does renovate the shoe, where would you play? You couldn't, would you play in Cincinnati and Cleveland? Because you can't go small. You'd have to. Yeah, like, you can't like put it in out of the World.com field a year, for a Buckeye game, no, even no. at a conference. So yeah. If you had to play like for a year out somewhere else while they did a true renovation of the shoe, does that. Half in Cleveland, half in Cincinnati. What is the Hall
3: of Fame stadium seat? Is that still too no, small? It's, it's like 35 30 or something? Just go no, up yeah. Lane
4: Avenue to the Marv Moorhead Memorial Stadium <laughs> and play your home games there.
2: Gosh, it'd be amazing. And they meet you, the mayor of UA? Sure. They, so they would have, have a parade. Folding chair a parade? For parade.
4: From, I would put my folding chair out weeks before <laughs> the, the game. up to UA. Yeah, yeah, perfect. You just seat on Zollinger Road. It's a thing. <laughs> it's a hell of a thing. Yeah, it is. Um, I remember the... Didn't the... Bengals or did the was it the Bearcats the
3: Bears played did it. in I think Cincinnati played in Paul Brown while Nippert was getting renovations. Yeah, so that was obviously it, an easy
2: one. You've seen it the other way. Like the Vikings played at the Gopher Stadium mm-hmm. when they did when they built the new one, and then uh the same thing happened with the Bears. The Bears played in Champagne when they renov- when they did the new Soldier, when they renovated Soldier Field.
4: Speaking to Bangles.com earlier this week, D of PP, Duke Tobin, said quote, We like Jamar. He's in our long-term plans. He's a high-level player in this league, and we want to keep those kinds of players on our team. I want T. Higgins back. Everyone on our team would like T. Higgins back. There's a pie, and there are things we can do and can't do because of it. We'll see, end quote. Thing or not a thing? I they can't believe a it's a real
2: quote. I can't believe they're doing pies again. I can't believe we're back to, well, you see there's a pie. that We're back to that. It, they're, they're leaning into it. Like, Tobin's too smart. Like, he's clearly leaning into it. Um, I mean, it tells you all you need to know. I, we talked about this yesterday in The Real Truth. I, I just don't see any scenario how they can commit that much cap space to two receivers and a quarterback. It's just There's just no real way to do it. And, and at the same time, I do remember very specifically Burrow saying that when the, his deal got done, it was done in a manner in which they could keep those guys. So we'll see how creative they can be with the cap because there's always ways around it. Um, but it's, it's hard for me to see a scenario where they can keep them all together.
3: It's funny to me that a, a city famous for, you know, chili, people have their qualms with that, but it's, it's called chili, has this hang up on pies that they're going with. Why can't we get this in terms of how many cheese conies that this would take to make sure that you can keep these guys? See, you can only order six cheese conies, and we need eight right now. But on top of that, it reminds me of. Um, in Shaun of the Dead he's trying to give like a a, a speech he's like the assistant manager at a, at a, what uh, some store and he's trying to give a speech at the beginning of their shift and he says well as the manager who's normally here says there's no I in team but there is an eye in pie and the onogram of team is meat so meat pie and the, he just loses it <laughs> and doesn't and that's what i feel like whenever they bring up pie down in cincinnati it's like it's i get pie. it but also like what are we talking about Andrew Petcash, who publishes a newsletter, this is his words, breaking down the business of athletes and NIL. He had this tweet yesterday. This is pretty wild. Billionaire Peter Thiel has invested in a sports league where steroids are legal. It's called the Enhanced Game. The Enhanced (laughs) Games. Then he, the official release from them says, The Enhanced Games is organizing an alternative to the corrupt Olympic Games. We believe that science makes humanity and sports better and fairer. Sports without drug testing. End quote. Thing or not a thing? So it's like Liver King is participating
2: in this? I don't know. Like like those no, man, guys? he sees clean. My guess is, is it's going to be a lot of guys who have like <laughs> washed out. Came out. Oh wait! You just can't get that big by just eating raw liver. Huh.
10: How
4: about and goat that? testicles? I'll be damned. Or like people who can't make the Olympic team, and then they're like, "Well, I'll just do a bunch of steroids." And play the if you're going to behave like that, you've got to pay all of your people because if you yeah. don't pay them, they will leak your information.
2: They will. I, this seems like a not. This seems like nonsense.
4: I, I don't, it, it yeah, this is, is silly. Yeah. I I don't I don't get it either. It's a wild.
2: I don't understand the end game. Like who would care? Like Didn't they do that? There already is enhanced games. It's they are the Olympics. Like it
4: happens already. Like Well, there was that and then there was American Gladiators. Like we already saw what this is gonna become. Well, we we do we are not interested.
3: They say it makes humanity and sports better and fairer, and maybe if everybody could do whatever performance enhanced drugs they wanted, then yeah, there wouldn't be like the the chance of cheating or you would you wouldn't be able to say they're cheating because you would have the opportunity to do it. But like it's pretty clear that steroids do not make people better. It's bad for you. You should not do steroids Short continuously.
2: Short term, they're pretty good. After that, real problems.
4: Pro Football Talk's Mike Florio is reporting the Los Angeles Chargers will be paying Jim Harbaugh $16 million a year on the previously reported five-year deal. We'll put the entire value of it at $80 million if it is all guaranteed. Thing or not a thing? Holy moly. That's
3: they weren't paying Brandon Staley that, and that's a five-year deal. So, I mean, remember when, remember when Gruden got the $10, ten, 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 one hundred million yeah. deal? This is a whole different that's animal. Wild.
2: Yeah, that's wild. I, it tells you that there were other interested parties in it, right? Um, it also tells you that, like, the NFL coaching salary thing is something that rarely comes out. You rarely hear about it. You are right on the Gruden thing we did, but you rarely hear what those guys make. Um, good for him. I mean, he's Danny Ocean. This what he, he wins in every way. It's It's crazy
3: obviously the in college coaching it's about retention but I do think it's also like a flex you know it's really cool to say hey we pay our coach the most everything sure. everything college teams do is recruiting you don't have to do that in the NFL you, I, I don't think a free agent really cares that Jim Harbaugh's making 16 million dollars I don't think it impresses him anymore to consider the Chargers but they're also like you said competing against other things he had that contract on the table from Michigan for months and months and that was going to be reportedly make him the highest paid coach which would be 12 13 million. Uh, You know, it's right around there right now with, like, the guys like Kirby Smart and Nick Saban, Mm -hmm. you know, what he was making. Um, So they had to compete with that, and I guess they put a little sweetener on it. And they probably, the Spanos family is probably also tired of people saying they don't spend money. So they're like, well, we'll spend money on this, and then people can stop talking about it for a little bit. But we'll see how they still treat their rookies and (laughs) what they do with those contracts going forward. After the Chiefs posted a picture of their home red jerseys with the Super Bowl patch, CBS Sports Jordan Dehani had this fun fact. Super Bowl teams wearing non-white are 20 and 37 all-time. Teams to wear white are on a 3-game win streak in the Super Bowl. The last non-white jersey wearing team to win the Super Bowl was the Chiefs in 2019 versus the 49ers. <laughs> thing or not a thing?
2: Yeah, I I don't really buy into that much. They The uniform thing just switches every year, so as soon as you realize it was four years since the last time they played, you knew that you would get a a similar uniform matchup. There's some little tweaks with the Niners uniform, but not too much, something you wouldn't really notice. The thing that really actually jumped out to me with that image was the amount of patches that is on the Chiefs uniform – they have four on the front of the jersey. They have one honoring uh, Clark Hunt, who's the, the owner, his late mother. Mm-hmm. So they have Lamar Lamar Hunt's wife. They have her; she passed. They have an AFC one from like because they're an original AFC team. Then they have a Super Bowl patch, and then they have what is their fourth patch? They have they have the NFL logo. Patch. Oh, the NFL. Okay, so it's four patches. I mean, it just looks it's ridiculous. Busy. It's NASCARish. Like, just you got to move some things around. You can't run out looking like that
3: put a sticker on the helmet instead on the back yeah, that kind of the, stuff put yeah. it on the
2: side like put the the memorial on the sleeve like they did with alice and clay you know what like now william clay ford
4: i'm gonna go the opposite i want them to do as many patches as they can possibly fit on that damn thing yeah, so in a minute
3: do do like ricky bobby sell the fig newton sticker to uh-huh. your visor on your helmet yeah i can't see but fig newtons are delicious <laughs>
2: All right, there you go. There's your uh, thing or not a thing on this first Friday. Final hour of the program up next gets you officially endorsed. It is a Hey Guys first Friday. That is coming up next. Forty at 1133. Bishop and Friends right here on
1: The Fan. If the sound of another man slammed against plexiglass turns you on, you've come to the right place. Proud to be your home for Jackets hockey.
6: The Fan, Ohio sports destined. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop
1: First Friday miracles are always better with Uncle Bo. This is Bishop and Friends. All right, final hour here on a
2: first Friday. Get your officially endorsed. 11.50, somewhere in there. 40, 11.33. Hey guys up now. Hit it, fellas.
1: Nothing is off limits. Your participation is required. Just use the hashtag HeyGuys and ask anything you want. Do it now. Sponsored by
8: Whiskey War by High Bank Distillery. Drink local, drink High Bank.
1: Yeah, when you're
2: talking about Whiskey War, you're home of the, talking about the best blended whiskey in America. It's that simple. Three years running San Francisco World Spirits Competition. Available liquor store near you. Some new variations that are out there. Uh, I talked about the Midnight Manhattan last week. That is a spectacular in a bottle red. To go, stop by the two locations, Grandview and Enjoy those award-winning spirits for your next happy hour. Make your reservation at HighBankCo.com. Learn more about their Whiskey War line at HighBankDistillery.com. Before we get to yours, chops, I do have one here. We were talking about the um, the freshman like forced his way onto the field. Um, and, and Phil with this, he says, uh, not a wide receiver initially. Well, really only at the end because there was no choice because he couldn't throw. Uh, Braxton was beyond capable and ready as a true freshman. And I was thinking about that. I think if you if you were to ask, go back in time and ask Luke Fickle about that season. And if you were to say, if you could have one decision back, it probably would have been just playing Braxton right away. Because they essentially the next year did that and they went 12-0. Now Braxton was a sophomore year in the system, all of that. But between him and Carlos Hyde, you're basically a single wing operation. And he was such a gifted runner that you probably could have manufactured more wins. And they ended up doing that when he finally won the job. Um, He ended up getting those wins. But I think probably starting with Boserman would be something he would have back
3: elk pride never dies but it can be killed and from eighth grade to junior year i saw braxton miller do that four times to the (laughs) centerville elk so yes when he was headed to ohio state i was like yeah that's gonna work out he's a good player i've seen him for a long time so yeah that that's a really that's a really good one my freshman year was his sophomore year then and yeah that was like hit the ground running with urban meyer and they go 12 and 0 and not available to go to the uh, the postseason, but you know, a tremendous season out of them. And the next year, I got a poster. It's a twelve and zero Buckeyes. Put it up on my wall in my in my college there you house. Go. There you go. First one up here from Jeremy. Now he doesn't use an antecedent here, so let's see if we know what he's talking about. Hey guys, should we even care about them at this point? They won't even make the NIT.
4: Did you figure it out? Yeah, well, the Ohio Bobcats, yeah, they're playing 500 basketball right now, and so it's likely a, a CBI's the the ceiling for OU. It's just it's a down year for them. Why is Jeff Bulls catching strays? What? Is that who he's talking about?
2: <laughs> it could be anybody. Uh, <laughs> look, it's um what he's described Obviously, we know what he's all describing, but we, we you talk about this all the time when you think about this the stages of anger or grief or whatever. Uh, the one that's the most troubling is the last one, and it's apathy. And that's what you're having by what's not happening in the building. So, no, we we talked about it off the top. It's this is a a brutal time in in Buckeye basketball, and it's the quite honestly the a, a month that I don't know. Maybe you should have seen it coming. I don't know. It's it's hard to imagine you're here, but this is where you're at. After the win against
3: Rutgers, Bo, you were you were out that week or most of that week and I think mm-hmm. you came back Friday. But either way, Reese and I were talking about it and I was I was actually ready. I was excited for yeah. this team and then that waned a little bit and then the the game on you know like Martin Luther King Day against Michigan, which is not a good team. That Michigan team doesn't win any games. Except they for apparently in the Ohio State. They are not good. And the Buckeyes couldn't was- even beat them. So there's the anger one. And then you're yeah. right. Now I've gotten to it, to the acceptance. And last night was the last one that you could for sure get away with this. But I've heard people call, like, the last four games for Ohio State must win. And, like, the same people keep calling them. You, you got to choose one. When it's yeah, must you know, win to be on that. and you lose it, then there are no more must wins. You did it. You lost it. And that's where the Buckeyes are. And, yeah, I'm there. I'm acceptance, apathetic about watching this team. I still will. But it's not going to be fun or exciting. And I have no
4: real reason to think they're going to win basically every game they go into trying to see so last night was on the Peacock they've got two more if I'm looking at this correctly that are Peacock streaming only how was your experience on that
2: other than Jack Collinsworth on play by play it was fine
4: so why why was he there (laughs) because they're propping him up it's very much a, you know, the Bobs from office space. So what is it you say you do here? I will say when the teams hit a three and they put up that little foam finger. I three, like that. I the, like the, that. The, the, comes, the <laughs> yeah. little score bug's pretty cool. But that Other is the that, only fine, entertaining element <laughs> from last night's broadcast for me.
3: Next one from Nathan. He says, hey, guys, with players being able to enter the portal within 30 days because of a coaching change and causing chaos, will teams be more hesitant to change coaches to not upset the roster?
2: Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I mean, we've we've seen that, right? You saw it at Michigan, where they're keeping Sharon Moore. I don't know that there's anything that leads you to believe that Sharon Moore is going to crush that job, right? I mean, it's not like it was even here with Ryan, where all the infrastructure guys are staying. Some of the infrastructure guys are going. So so even that's a little bit different. Um, Yeah, for sure. I mean, we saw that at Notre Dame with Marcus Freeman. I don't know that Marcus was ready to be the head coach at Notre Dame, but they had to do it or else all of it would have crumbled. So for sure. And I think... The other thing that I think teams will do is it was I don't know if it was intended or not, but it ended up being very, very savvy. Harbaugh waiting as long as he did to go to the NFL really made it almost impossible for Michigan's kids to transfer out. Like if Saban would have retired this week, January 28th, I don't know that Caleb Downs could be here.
3: Or Julian Sain
2: for that or Sain or the rest matter. of them, like yeah. all the rest of the transfers. I don't think they could be here.
3: McLaughlin left before Saban, <laughs> so he still would have been here. But yeah, it, it, that definitely would have been a factor. It, yeah. I think it'll probably affect teams that are on the fence a little bit with their coach. Ah, we went 500 this year. Should we move on? It's like, yeah, but he just brought in a good recruiting class. We got our quarterback coming back. Let's let's give him one more year with that because he'll be able to to keep this together. And that's well, that's also assuming that he does keep it together. Whoever the coach is at you know X school, whatever I'm talking about. I do think. They're, it's funny because we talked about um, Feinbaum mentioning that the Washington players couldn't follow Kalen DeVore, and I couldn't figure out what he was referencing there because Washington players have come. But it does bring up a good point. Maybe they should have some sort of transfer portal rule implemented in that sense that, like, in that 30 day, other transfer portal windows, sure. But in that 30 day window, you can't just follow your coach. I don't know. That seems like something that maybe could be a factor, but that also feels like you're just limiting them. So hey, I'm just. Yeah, you all know, of kinda, them would
2: go down in court. Yeah,
3: right? and they would never. They, they never win in court, but yeah,
4: I do think this is going to affect coaching decisions on the edge. There, I mean, you know, kind of where I stand on this. I think you should be able to transfer at any time, free yeah. transfer all the time, anytime transfer where you want, when you want, as many times as you want. Just make the whole thing as chaotic as humanly possible.
2: You're an instrument of chaos. Yeah, it's fun. You're burning stacks. Of Life's money like better the Joker. that way.
4: Aaron with this one.
3: Hey, guys, is it fair to say that if Day doesn't win a natty next year, he never will at OSU? With this roster, this staff, and it being, in his eyes, a four-team race between UGA, Texas, Oregon, and OSU, I'm inclined to say it's fair with none of them being a huge favorite.
2: So he's saying, like, if they don't win the national championship next year, Ryan Day never will at Ohio State. Yeah. I, I can't go that far because you just have no clue what the future holds. Like, um, you remember when they signed all these guys, and we did that show on the Monday of, like, this was Ohio State, like, finally fighting with both fists. So I think you're kind of in this world going forward. So in, an, in a world where Ryan Day wins every game he plays, but let's say he loses to Georgia in the national championship game, you're going to run him? <laughs> like, of course not. So you still have two five-star quarterbacks behind. You've got all this talent. You're going to do the same thing in the portal. I actually think you're like in the middle of a really sweet spot um, in Ohio State football. So no, I don't think it's true that if he doesn't win the national title this year, he never will. That's too. That's way too restrictive.
3: Yeah, unless he makes like a jump to the NFL, which is something that's always kind of in the back of all of our heads. But it, barring that, it's it's set up too well that Ohio State is going to compete really regardless it feels like who the coach is every year for the national championship they're going to get more at bats at it because of the 12 team playoffs so even in years where it might dip if they can get their their ducks in a row like say 2015 they would have made a 12 team playoff and they maybe would have won that one even after dropping that game to michigan state i do think it's fair to say that this has real strong possibilities because one of them has to be the most talented team ryan day will ever have at ohio state on paper this and yeah
4: this is I actually think it is fair to say it's if he doesn't get worst. it this year it's likely he doesn't because I'm not sure if him not getting it is a result of like what's that the result of how does he not get the national championship does he not win the big 10 does he not beat Michigan like those things could result in a dismissal so I I, I think it's fair to say if he doesn't then he wouldn't ever again.
3: Next one from Ryan, and really, it's specifically for Bo. Hey, guys, as a father of two boy basketball players who are the same ages as Beamsy and Bootsy, we've yeah. decided to make the leap from rec ball to travel ball oh next baby. season. He needs Uncle
2: Bo to lay it out for him in
3: regards on expectations, how our life will change, etc.
2: Well, I think as long as you get in a, I don't know, you know where necessarily he's from, but I think as long as you have a good basketball, you need a first of all, you need a good basketball board or a good basketball committee or you need people that are looking out for you and, and so that you're playing like teams because what you will find is that you will be a, absurdly you will be so shocked by the talent that's out there and even in the fourth grade like you'll, it, it defies logic that kids are this good this soon um, so it'll be a real eye opener on that and I think the best advice I could give you is make sure that you play in a league that befits your team's talent so you have to be very honest about that in terms of the, the type of talent and that's why you need somebody looking out for you over the top just understand this. It is so much more competitive and intense than you'd ever dream it possible. It is absolutely absurd that it is that way. Um, the officiating is, is brutal, but remember, these guys, are they're not getting rich doing this thing. So I, I think all of those things are are in play. Um, it's incredibly rewarding, and I think the biggest positive that you're going to get is when you see, the, if your kids love hoops... The difference of what they are when they start the season to what they are at the end will be in- so noticeable so so noticeable
3: something i noticed that just thinking about this i played football growing up and they would just make more wee teams and the eighth grade team had 100 kids on it and stuff so i've never actually played for like a team with cuts and you mentioned like making sure you play the the right teams that your team can yeah. compete with well how do you make sure that you're in the right like tryout Area so that so, your kid actually makes a team that's right for them.
2: Well, I don't, I don't know how their system works, but the way our system works is every kid in a grade tries out their um, their um, staff. And they great. We keep nineteen kids in travel, so you have two teams or eighteen. You have two teams of nine, and there's an A team and a B team, and so it's it's done almost entirely by the high school coach and his staff, and, and they're, they're the ones who slot the teams. So I don't know how he does it there. This works for us. I don't but I don't know how they, how it is in his town.
3: Last one from Kevin. Hey guys, what college football in-game rule changes would you make to enhance the on-field product? He says his would be adding a ring of red lights around the play clock for delay of game penalties like a basketball shot clock. Problem with that one is I don't think it solves the problem that people have with the play like delay of game
2: calls because the ref still has to see the red halo yeah. and then look down at the ball and if it's being snapped they're not going to call it. I think the, I mean, there's so many. Like the, you know, we, the infrared first down line, the idea that we're still doing it with like guys in chains and referees looking across, like all of that stuff. How often are the chains checked nonsense. to be 10 yards? I have no idea. I mean, it's, who knows? Um, is it fully unwound? Like all of that. But I, I think the one that we would all like is, and it's just stupefying that it hasn't been done. Like the quarterback needs a radio in his helmet, the middle linebacker needs a green dot. Like there's no reason for this sideline nonsense. Like just, get to the, there's plenty of technology plenty of money just just get to that point now
3: I am all for player safety and obviously concussions have become a real problem and so I like that they've implemented rules that have done that but I do think they need to reopen the book and figure out that sometimes football is just football and these crackback block penalties don't make any sense yeah. to me I do not get it What you're not like what you're, what are you supposed to do when your guy is running and a guy's chasing him and he doesn't see you are you just supposed to stand there and make a pick like, yeah.
4: what, are you supposed to fall over when he runs into you full <laughs> speed? Like, the penalty just doesn't work with what football is. Yeah, it also echoes sensors and sound. So where you put, like, a microphone in the quarterback's helmet, you also have sensors in the ball. You have sensors on yeah. the ground. If, like, the ball hits the ground or if the ball crosses the plane, there's sensors. Like, we have the technology to be able to do this. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous how we're still kind of letting people with chains mark this.
2: It's crazy like looking down a line and it's not and the like fact that
4: they run in how
2: about how they run into we're a we're not pile? sure they're
4: the most agile people in the world oh, yeah. so is the spot even accurate shame anybody are the
3: chains even accurate sometimes the what they show with their fingers or the, they pulled their hands apart it's not even accurate to what you're looking no.
4: at it's like so what's even the point of the ref signaling like also that? targeting yeah. not an ejectable offense
2: yes sir yeah well there you go i mean
4: especially not your,
3: the
2: first half of the next game that's ridiculous that's crazy that they make it carry over. We'll go around the NFL coming up next. Bishop and Friends are here on The Fan.
1: We're known for three things. Games, conversation, and common man yelling about things only he cares about. The Fan, Ohio sports destiny.
6: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
1: After putting up with Dom to for a decade, the broadcast gods gave Bo these two. This is Bishop and Friends.
2: And here for the typical sports book this winter, get in the betting action. The playoff football, tons of fun. You got the hoops, you got hockey, so much more. Golf is a fun one as well. Take advantage of the massive odds boosts on your favorite teams and players for the biggest payouts. Try that new flex parlay plan and cash in on your bets. Even if you miss a leg or two, you claim your new sign up bonus now. You get the hundred bucks in bonus bets. When you bet $25, you sign up now. You enter that promo code fan 150 or fan 100 rather. You get a $100 bonus. So download the typical Sportsbook app today. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Ohio. Terms and conditions do apply. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER for more on that as we go around the national football league. Um, Real quickly, what, can you get, do you, do you guys understand why there is, um, I saw Chris Long with this, like Taylor Swift was shown for 44 seconds of the game and, and yet it, and it's, they're three and they're a half
3: hour long broadcast. Yeah. Correct. Ruining and the
2: game. Ruining the game. By the way, like 56 million people watched it.
3: Coward uh, had a good point on that and he was laying out those numbers because uh, he was pulling it from a New York Times article where they did like all the games she's been at and like the most was yeah. like 90 seconds in a non competitive game they played against Miami or something like that. Okay. Maybe that was the playoff game against Miami. I, you know, I'm just trying to remember the video, but he did say something at the end of it where he was like, Judge people by the weird things that bother them. And I was like, you know what? That's a good point. Because I don't understand why it bothers people so much. Football is made for the cutaway, to the crowd, to the coach, to whatever, Mm -hmm. to the guy in the stands with a shirt off But it's freezing temperatures and he's eating a hot dog. They do it all the time. Why are you so upset? I do think it goes back to, this has been a longstanding thing, people just don't like what teenage girls like. That's a true fact of like what's been it going be. on in pop culture for a yeah, long time. Yeah, you're right,
2: because there was big laugh- backlash over Barbie last summer, too, and they're like, we're boycotting Barbie, and then it did a billion dollars. Right. So, What was that
3: quote by Cowherd? Judge people by the weird things that bother them, something like that, yeah. The backwards cap. <laughs> you said he made a good point i was like that's a damn first don't throw stones in your own glass house uh-huh. yeah
2: that's that's a good that's a good recall of you the backwards cap that's right you got a big problem with that um all right uh around the nfl the steelers have hired ex-falcons head coach arthur smith your boy to be their off he's my boy boy i had some nervy <laughs> days now you get to crush him totally oh because
4: he's a stealer like a, and he sucks.
2: There's a lot of audio of me not being favorable of, of Arthur Smith out there in the world. So I'm glad that this went another direction. Um, I think this definitely means that Pittsburgh's out on Justin Fields, that they would they would have no interest in Justin Fields because Arthur Smith could have drafted him in Atlanta. He was just on the job when Fields was drafted, didn't like him there. So um, I don't know if Pittsburgh is going to be a player for it or not, or if they really think that they can. They're clearly going to try and emulate... They must think that their backs can emulate what Derrick Henry did in Tennessee mm-hmm. and that their quarterbacks can emulate what Ryan Tannehill did. The only issue with it, though, is is it's a wide zone scheme. It's very similar to what Cleveland runs. And their backs, Najee and Jalen Warren, are more gap backs. So they're not guys who want to sit there and then accelerate, which is kind of what you need. I don't like it at all. I think it's really lacks imagination, but they get so many things right, it's hard to be critical of them. This one, it feels like they got wrong.
3: It's just so weird for the Steelers to go out there and hire an offensive coordinator that seems to be a guy who prioritizes the run game because you mentioned his stop, his offensive coordinator, and he moved all the way up that organization in Tennessee as well. And then they had one of the most lethal run attacks and they were really good running the ball this past year with Bijan Robinson. Although there were questions about how he was used and injury reports and stuff down there, but he's not going to be in charge of that as the head coach. But I wonder if in Atlanta, was that just, well, the quarterback wasn't good enough. So we had to be a running team, but Hey, that's the same scenario in Pittsburgh. But if you get the same season that Atlanta just had with him as the head coach, You're not in a good spot. Their defense is better because it's always going to be good in Pittsburgh. But no, it it doesn't say that, oh, they figured this out. And now these quarterbacks are going to accelerate in their in their career. We don't even know who's playing quarterback for them. So I don't know how to fully
4: evaluate that as an offensive coordinator hire, too. And I don't think Arthur Smith knows how to fully evaluate a quarterback because he saw he was trotting out in Atlanta.
2: No, he did. Over and over again. They were 32nd in the NFL in shotgun snaps. Atlanta was so it'll be it'll be I mean, different in the NFL. You yeah. know who's not going to like it? George Pickens, not going to be crazy about it because he's not going to get a lot of touches. Uh, ben Johnson staying in Detroit, Bobby Sloak staying in Houston. Huge wins for both of those franchises. Both the commies and Seahawks jobs remain open. Uh, pretty unless something changes in Washington. I cannot imagine Belichick coaching this year. Go ahead.
3: I right.
4: was just about to say, does the Ben Johnson reopen either Belichick or Vrabel into that?
3: I feel like Vrabel would have to still be on people's list, but it does feel like the market passed over Belichick to me.
2: Yeah, it's crazy. I'd, I never would have thought that he would not be on an NFL sideline this year. No. And he's it doesn't seem possible. Just, speaking speaking of Belichick, uh, one of the things we're seeing now is like, you know, we talked about this with Adam Teicher a couple of weeks ago. Like if, if Mahomes it keeps on this track, like can he track down Brady seven? Super Bowl championships for Tom Brady. Mahomes will be going for his third in a couple of weeks in the Super Bowl. Tom Brady, who's been in Australia, oddly enough, for the last couple of weeks, was on the Pat McAfee show yesterday. talked about a bunch of things on ESPN. Uh, here is Brady on the GOAT comparisons with Mahomes.
5: There's nothing that Patrick can do, in my opinion, that takes away from what I tried to accomplish in my career, and there's nothing that I did can take away from what he's trying to accomplish. I, I feel like I, all I tried to be was the best I could be. And I didn't even though I had sporting idols, like I said, I could never be Steve Young. I could never be Joe Montana. Those are the guys I, I could never be Dan Marino or John Elway. These were my childhood idols. And they had incredible careers and and they put as much as they could into their career and I really respect them for that. And and I just tried to do the same thing. And believe me, if anybody can go out there and win seven Super Bowls, I have so much respect for them. I understand how difficult it is. I will congratulate them and I'm gonna, you know. Give whatever it is, a big hug. I texted my friend um, who who plays with Pat um, after the game, and I just said, tell him congrats. I mean, just awesome to watch him play, and I love watching him lead his team.
2: I love that line in there where he says, if, if anyone wins seven Super Bowls. <laughs> so that's kind of like, don't judge him, don't judge me, but by the way, it's seven, so good luck, Pat.
3: Yeah, I think the interesting thing with Patrick Mahomes and why this is not just because of all the winning, and of course that's going to make you go, Ooh, can this guy be up there? Can he be in the GOAT conversation? And something that's crazy for Patrick Mahomes is he's kind of doing both, and he's only the sixth year into his career of like what we've seen from quarterbacks who we consider possibly the best. You know, Brady had the longevity and eventually got to that point where he was statistically the best in the league, but it wasn't like that really through the first three Super Bowls of seven first decade for him. of his career, yeah. But Mahomes is statistically he has the Marino, the Rogers, the Peyton Manning type years in the regular season and then performs the way that we saw Eli Manning turns into a superhero in the postseason. Yeah. Tom Brady, of course, turns into a superhero in the after, you know, a certain amount of time in the postseason Mahomes does both and he wins the Super Bowl because like Rogers has one Marino went and then never went back after
4: his second year Mahomes goes just about every year. It feels like also Brady doesn't have Mahomes number. Like he's got to text that's, a guy that plays saw, with Pat, that. and it's like, why don't you just get Mahomes' number and text him yourself? It feels like they. Why he got to right? go that roundabout way?
2: Yeah, um, that's a good point. That's good. Yeah, I don't know. It feels like that would be a pretty easy one to get um, on that side of it. I think. I think the thing for Pat is for Mahomes is going to be kind of like LeBron. Like that's kind of what as LeBron was trying to chase down Jordan. It was like, my God, look at all of these things he's doing. And it was the consistency being at the table over and over and over again. Um, and, and I think you're trying to chase, like LeBron was forever chasing six. Now I don't, that's not in the cards anymore. Like he's not going to get to six. He's, what's he got? Four?
3: And it wouldn't feel six, four, right even yeah. if he somehow did it. Well, if he, he did it like this kidding.
2: year, it would cause he's still critical to them. He's still one of the 10 best players in the league, but, but to get two you're more, running out of time on it, that. Yeah. At you that level, can. I don't think he's going to be at that level for two more. <laughs> no, I can't imagine. I mean, at this point in his career. Uh, Get some perspective on where the Blue Jackets are, what the next couple of weeks could be like for that organization, and uh some of the big hits and misses, and honestly more misses, when it comes to how they've handled this roster with Porty coming up next. Bishop and Friends right here on The Fan.
1: Timmy Hall hosts Buckeye Roundtable. A special look inside the world of Ohio State athletics. And a special look inside Timmy's neckbeard. Monday at 6.
0: The band. Uh,
1: A stool and ask the bartender for something neat because Uncle Bo is on the radio. This is Bishop and Friends. Jackets
2: with the midway point, all star break, a win last night in St. Louis for perspective. We had on, on the Brian Heating Cooling Systems fan guest hotline, great friend of the program, great human in general, covers the Jackets for the athletic, the great Aaron Ports line. Um, was the big, in as you look, and that you've seen it all, and this this first half's had it all, as, as you kind of mm-hmm. look back on all of this, was. Was the big was one of the bigger mistakes when and and look, it's a season ticket member thing, but when you start saying make the playoffs, was that ever yeah. in play for this roster? And was that something that kind of was a cover and kind of a cloud over this season all year?
9: I think it set expectations entirely too high with people who chose to believe that. Mm-hmm. I mean, a team that had fifty nine points last year—it's not, you know—it's been done before, but not very often. <laughs> And you know this is an incredibly young team. you know that um you're you've brought the same goalie back that had an eight seventy six save percentage, and he's been better. he's been a lot better. you just need to make that climb you You need so many things to fall into place and exceed your expectations to me, honestly, public messaging's been a big problem mm-hmm. I think with a lot of stuff this year it's been a very loud season. So from Babcock to Merzlikens to now Juracek to, yeah, we're a playoff team, which I don't, again, I don't think most people really took that to heart, but there was a lot of excitement at the start of the season. The two new defensemen, maybe things could be different, but it, uh, the previous GM, Scott Housen, always used to say, over-deliver, over under-promise. Mm-hmm. And I think Yarmo Kekalana, for the most part, has been doing that. I do think it's a little different now because uh, I, I i do think the statement from ownership has created a perception that if this is not a good year that there could be changes at the top. so uh, is maybe that that was wishful thinking on their part,
2: yeah, it honestly, it kind of feels inevitable, and you mentioned the noise it's not just the product and, and there are some positives. I want to get to that stuff too, but um it's it's not just that you you mentioned this mers Lincoln's uh we had the year check stuff last week, which just why have a first round pick sit here for a month, Porty?
9: I mean, yeah, it, it, there's – I've said this from the start. If you – and I'll take their judgment way before I'll take mine. If mm-hmm. you think he's an AHL player, send him to the to the Cleveland Monsters and say, enjoy the year, kid. Uh, it's going to be great when you're ready, but you're not ready yet. I would have no problem with that. Um, I'm, I don't think he would have liked it. I don't think his, his representation would have liked it. But that's the way things go. Um I think what's made it—it's sort of hard to grasp—and the team pushes back on this. Not that it occurred; it did occur. They did tell him to get a place. Mm-hmm. They said, "David, get a place." That—that that to a young player says, "You're part of us now." Mm-hmm. Now, in the pros, you still got to deliver. Everybody knows that you still got to play. And their point is, he, his play has slipped, and they need him to work on some things in the defensive zone that they don't want to see him work out the kinks up here. Okay, that's fine. But then you don't have that conversation with the young player unless you're really, really sure that he's part of your mix. And the other thing is, what is this season about? Now, I think you and I have said this every time we've talked. You're not making the playoffs. No. Like They just played in Edmonton a week ago, and they got through that game without Fantilli playing center ice didn't take any face-offs in that game, has no idea what it's like to step on the dot with Connor McDavid. That's insane to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, David Yerchek is a healthy scratch. The next time they play Edmonton, he won't know what it's like. Defensemen always talk about how difficult it is to play McDavid. That gap you have to, to, to keep between you and the skater that's so different when it's Connor McDavid. Now, the next time he plays him, it'll be the first time he plays him. And so, he'll have to learn that then. This opportunity this lost season should not be lost in that way to get these guys experiences so that they can build them into better players quicker in the future.
2: Okay. So everything you just lined out, I mean, it it makes my head spin and it, you you say this, this is kind of the the thing that it feels like to me and maybe I'm way off. You're there every day. It feels like they draft players who are made and built a certain way and they want them to conform to a different way of playing in my estimation, it feels like, you know, what Patrick lining is when you acquire him, you know, what some of these players are when you acquire them and you're trying them to beat, make them be something that they're not. Is that a fair criticism?
9: I think it is in some cases. I I, I think in, in your tech case, it is, it's fairly, uh, it's fairly typical for a young player, especially an offensively gifted one to struggle defensively. I mean, playing in the NHL is, Obviously, not easy. Um, mm-hmm. And that's the part where a lot of these guys have the biggest challenge. So I'm not sure. I have heard tale that, that he has been told not to jump in with the puck, not be as offensively aggressive. Um, so may, if, if that's true, then that fits into that for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I've also seen, and, and to that end, I, I remember all too well when Rostislav Klesla was the first pick of the Blue Jackets and was rushed to the NHL. And he was a two-way defenseman, an offensive defenseman, and it was, no, defend, defend, defend. And it reached the point where he never, he just turned off the offensive part of his game and just became a shutdown defenseman because his first three years in the league, he wasn't confident enough to be aggressive with the puck. And it, to do that was too big of a risk for him. But it just killed that part of his game, and he never really became that in the NHL. And you just, you certainly hope that you're a check. It doesn't it go down that route.
2: Porter, you and I, we, we've talked many times, and I've felt like from the time they drafted in that the more, most important thing, and there are other young players who need to come along too, but most importantly this year is Fantilli. You've been there the whole step of the way. Obviously, gets hurt um, in kind of a freak accident uh, over the weekend, but um, h- halfway through, are are they doing right by him, and is he delivering on the promise?
9: Yeah, well, I think he's been really, really good. and it's, Fingers crossed now that that injury is not any worse than, than it appears to be. I don't think it's an Achilles tear or a slice. So hopefully everything you think you'd know by now, but hopefully further testing reveals that. I Again, I don't like him playing the wing. Um, I'll, You know, they know how to develop. I'll say that again. Um, But I, I like him playing center. I like him figuring out the game at, at center and figuring out how not to defend at Center ice. Like, this is, again, what this season should be. I will say this the one thing that has kept this season from feeling like a complete and utter disaster is the young players. It's not, it is Fantilli, but it's not only Fantilli. Uh, Chinikov has taken a massive step forward as one of their better players most nights. Uh, Cole Sillinger, now you're back to thinking this guy can be a really good two way center, probably a number two or a number three guy uh Dmitry Voronkov looks like a player. Like mm-hmm. last year it was sort of like, my God, where is this going? And they've had other years like that. A lot of nights what keeps you going if you're a fan of this blue jacket, I would uh, these blue jackets I would think is is seeing Voronkov and Chinikov and, and and you know, I didn't even mention Kirill Mar- Marchenko or Kent Johnson. There is a mm-hmm. swell of young talent here that if they can develop it uh, as they are on the well on the way to do, they should be a very powerful team in a couple of few seasons. The challenge by then, of course, will be if they can keep it all together, which has honestly been a bigger problem than drafting lately.
6: Yeah,
2: for sure. Portie, I'll get you out of here on this one. First year on the job for Pascal Vinson. He wasn't the coach that they intended to be. Um, he's right. dealt with a lot. Uh, we've, we had the, the line A stuff that, that happened over the weekend as well, so there's another curveball there. How's he handled it?
9: I think it's been a little rich for him at times. I, I think some of the the public messaging, again, has been a little rich where, you know, early in the season guys are getting sent to Cleveland and it's like, oh no, they're doing everything right. We just think they should go to Cleveland. And it's like, come on, like, <laughs> really, let's be real. Uh, we've just decided that Daniil Tarasov needs to start six games in a row here in the middle of the season. Well, that's not what that was. That was, that was, a disciplinary act in part to Elvis Merzlikens. They needed him to be better. They wanted to send him a message. Um, some, You know, coaches don't always tell you the truth. I get it. But to your point with the playoffs, I mean, it, that's not an impossible answer when someone says, what are your expectations for this season? All you have to say is we're not going there. We're going to play as hard as we can and as well as we can. We yeah. have not earned the right to talk playoffs. We had 59 points last season. Let's see how good we can be. But to, to put expectations out there right now would be pointless and detrimental to anybody. Let's just play hard, play well, and see where it takes us. That's all you got to say. Yeah. Yeah,
2: sometimes it is that simple. Uh, always simple to know exactly what's going on with that franchise when when you're on with us, buddy. We thank you a great deal. Uh, thanks for your time, pal. Always, man. Thank you. All right. That's a great Aaron reports line. Covers the jackets at The Athletic on the Brian Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. We get three things. Your first Friday officially endorsed. Coming up next, Bishop and Friends right here on The Fan. We
1: know everything about you. We know you love the Buckeyes. We know you love the jackets. We know you're wearing a red shirt. I just freaked the hell out of someone.
6: Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call, click or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
1: If you say something with enough confidence, it must be true. You're listening to
0: Bishop and Friends.
4: All right, it's First Friday. Before we get to you officially endorsed, Reese, what do we have in the poll? Daily fan poll sponsored by ER Auto Care, masters of our craft. Fan poll asks, how will the Ohio State men's basketball team spend the postseason? NCAA tournament, NIT, or at home? 82% of respondents yeah. say they will be at home.
3: I'm with the 82%. That's what Here's, the, here's where an now. NIT
2: would be, if you could get to a point where you're eligible for something like that, it would be very beneficial for Middleton. It'd be very beneficial for Royal, like that's 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 the that's where that would be a win if you could get to a point where you're eligible for it uh, time for your officially endorsed on a first Friday
1: hit it fellas Bishop and Friends present First Friday <laughs> officially endorsed because everyone deserves two Fridays sponsored by Sugar Shannara
10: Accident Attorneys we go to war for you at warforyou.com that's warforyou.com you drink for the wrong reasons my generation we drink because it's good Because it feels better than unbuttoning your collar. Because we
8: deserve it. We drink because it's what men do.
2: Chops, you mentioned earlier this week that your mom uh, ordered a Manhattan Up. Um, So I'm going to give you my preferred Manhattan Up recipe right here. Um, I like Woodford uh, for for this one. It's two ounces of Woodford. Uh, You can use any, whatever your favorite. Uh, I prefer bourbon to rye in a Manhattan, but some people go the other way, but I, I prefer bourbon to rye. Um, so two ounces of Woodford, one ounces of Carpano Antica Vermouth, which is the, it's worth it to get the good vermouth, kids. Even the good vermouth isn't something that's going to break the bank. So so get the good stuff. Uh, go one ounce of that. Three dashes of Aztec chocolate bitters. Stir that sucker around Luxardo Cherry in, up, or over rocks. Wins both ways. Feels like dessert. Absolutely delicious and good for your officially endorsed on this fine first Friday. Time for three things: one, two, one, two, three things. Sponsored by Custom Air, Custom Air, Custom Solutions, Custom Comfort. All right, number one for me: this this weather is nuts. I, you could tell me right now. You could convince me it's like March right now with all these 40s and 50s we had like that little stretch with the crazy snow but it was gone in like a week and it's largely been 40s approaching 50 i was looking at the extended we're in like the 40s the whole time like it's supposed to be 28 30 right now and we're not having it like it's absurdly warm you could 100 this feels to me exactly like what march feels like um i'm not complaining about it as long as it's not rainy and gross i'd like to see the sun a little bit more i feel like like 20 degrees hotter than we're supposed to be this time of year
3: yeah once we hit 50 that's starts to change it but the thing i hate about this spot we're in where it's so gray is not obviously the rain and you don't see the sunlight that's the worst part but one of the things that i really don't like um and this was actually something i had written down today because i've experienced it the last few days i've experienced it here and i've experienced it at home When the sun isn't out and it doesn't heat up your house or the building that you're in, the air, but it's not cold enough for the air to actually get down to the temp where like it's going to click on the heat. (laughs) So you get this weird cold hot where it's like it is warmer than it was when it was eight degrees, but the heat isn't kicking on as much. So I actually feel colder in my house sometimes. And I hate that. My fingers are always cold. I'm just going to gain 90 pounds again.
4: We always talk about uh, our attempt to beat the house, and I think it's fair to say this NFL season, Bo, you were the house's daddy. Thanks, dude. But you can't ever really beat the house the way that I – mean, you just can't. No. Nevada Casino has won $1.43 billion from gamblers in the month of December. Jeez. That's the highest gaming win in history. Nobody <laughs> beats the house, kids. No. <laughs>
2: A lot of lot of Ocean's Eleven uh, mentions here, but uh, and the house always wins, always, always, always. Uh, number two for me, I don't know if it's. I think it's because it's so unseasonably warm. Uh, but this morning, as I was uh, taking Buddy Garrity for his walk, um, there were two piliated woodpeckers in the woods. Now, have you ever, have you guys ever seen one of these in in real in the real life? No. They're about the size of a Winnebago. Uh, truly, they're like Google it. They're like two and a half feet tall they are monsters if they ever decided to come at you you'd have no chance like the the beak on those suckers is real so keep an eye out there were some out and about this morning that i saw kind of cruising around they are they're the real deal if you see one of these things
3: that's why woody woodpecker was always laughing at us
2: he knew he could take us down that's a good one by the way that the boys watch that on netflix like the one that's like half animated okay Yeah. yeah it's fun it's fun
3: I got a tweet from a listener today, and I said, okay, you know, at Fairpoint, we were talking during Higher Lower about Oregon a lot, and I said, I thought Dylan Gabriel was good, not great, and he's like, well, what exactly would it take for him to be good? And he, he had a screenshot of his stats, and his stats are good. He's about, like, really, in three years of starting, he was hurt in 2021 a lot of the time, but in three years of starting, basically averaging around 3,500 yards and 30 touchdowns a season. That's really good, but if he were great, he wouldn't be transferring to Oregon. He'd be going to the NFL draft. Great is a reserved title. Will Howard is good. Kyle McCord is good. There's a difference between great and good. And that's why I said good, not great. I don't think, I mean, if Dylan Grabiel was that great, wouldn't he have been the difference maker for Oklahoma this year? He wasn't. Here's
2: the the other thing about that too. Like it's measurables too. Like he might be a, this is why this is actually perfect. Like Gabriel Howard, like they're perfect NIL candidates because they're probably not going to see the riches in the league, but they can see riches now because they're so valuable to programs. The other thing I'd say back to the guy who, who, uh, I sent that to you. Like, how would you describe like think about and it would buttress your point. Like nobody thought Bo Nix was was anything when he went to Oregon. He turned into that there.
4: Right. Speaking of birds, uh there's light at the end of the tunnel for Baltimore and Orioles fans. And how about it's this? not just a train this time. So congratulations to that fan base. John Angelos plans to sell the O's to a pair of private equity billionaires for $1.725 billion. Guys who will actually want to spend money Hopefully not just on your team, but on the ballpark and on everything with that organization's infrastructure. Um, it's it's a similar feeling to what I had when I learned the Dolans were getting out of the Guardians business. So congratulations that's, to you guys. Remember?
2: That's not even fair. I mean, the Orioles operation has been
4: its much worse,
2: way much worse. That's basically the same amount that the Dodgers paid for the two free agents for Otani yeah. and the other guy, right? $1.7 billion. That number it seems feels so like low. <laughs> it feels like a theft. It feels like getting a Major League Baseball. Maybe that tells you what's happening in Major League Baseball, though, that that's all they could get. That the, number, to me, I thought would be way higher. The expansion that. fee could be more than that if they ever add yeah. another team. <laughs> Finally, for me tonight, uh, this morning, um, after we got the show prepped and all of those things, I decided we're going to do pot roast today. There are a few things more satisfying than getting that sucker, uh, getting, the, getting it crispy in the morning with, with a little bit of butter and olive oil, sticking it in the in the slow cooker, and then just realizing that it'll all be done by the time I get home. Huge win.
3: Yesterday, before the snow, I replaced the windshield wipers on J-Lo's car. I replaced a a brake light that had gone out of my car. I know how to do these things. I've done them before, and I always figure them out. But it also comes with 45 minutes or so of me huffing and puffing because it's just annoying. These, these things just come up so infrequently that I don't remember how to do them. I know that I know how to do them, but I don't remember how to do them, and I have to sit there and figure it out, and it's cold. I couldn't get the light bulb out, so I eventually just got pliers, and I broke the bulb, and I just pulled it out, and then I put in the new one because I was done with it, but I, I did
4: accomplish it at least. So after the Lakers lost to the Hawks last night, LeBron posted just a hourglass emoji.
6: Mm-hmm.
4: People were wondering, like, what does this mean? There's like a week to the trade deadline. Is his time up in Los Angeles? And I think it's just in reference to his announcement that he's going to be a partner with DraftKings. I think
2: you're probably right. It's not always because he think did it that
4: is. this morning too. Yeah, he did.
2: All right, uh, enjoy your first Friday, kids. Rothman and Ice coming up next. We're back tomorrow, Bishop and friends, right here on the Fan.
1: If you haven't thought about Buckeye football today, I'm sorry to tell you that you're dead. Our condolences. Your home of the Buckeye's, the fan. <laughs> It's a fan action update. This action update is brought to you by ESPN Bet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Are you starting to get those Super Bowl bets ready? There have been 57 Super Bowls in NFL history, and the favorite is 35-21 straight up with one pick The favorite is 25-28-3 against the spread. The over has hit 28 times with the under hitting 27 times. For your ESPN Bet Action Update, I'm Scotty Vegas. Broadcasting from the Lindsay Honda Studios. Honda makes the cars. Lindsay makes the difference. Visit lindsayhonda.com. WBSFM HD1 Columbus. The Fan. Sports Center. Good afternoon. I'm Matt Andrews. The Blue Jackets shutout winners last night. one nothing in St. Louis. The CBJ's first shutout win in over two years. Elvis Merzlikens was wonderful in net. Dmitry Varonkov had the lone goal. Here's Zach Wierenski talking about a tremendous end to the road trip.
7: It's big. Uh, makes the break a little bit more fun, I guess. But yeah, no, it's obviously good when you win. Um, pretty good road trip for the most part. We put all the good hockey. Lost ourselves a little bit uh, on the trip, but for the most part, we, we battled hard. It's a tough swing there, so um, we'll take this last game and, and get two points and get out of here.
1: Home loss for the Buckeye men. The Buckeyes fell number 14, Illinois 87.75. Third straight loss for Ohio State, who plays at Iowa Friday. This update is sponsored by Nature Stone. Schedule your free cost estimates today at naturestone.com. It's not just a floor wow, it's
6: Nature Stone. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day,